Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps. Way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Boots and Backstraps. I'm your host Shane Michael and I'm joined in studio, as always, by the ever so patient and well-timed Tom Cat. Come on now. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing great. I am so happy. Uh, we've had so many fun shows and tonight is going to be, I think, one of our better shows. It's going to be a riot tonight. I'm pretty excited about it myself and I have to compliment you right away, sir, on your attire. I love that scully. <laughs> Well, you know, we don't get a, an opportunity to wear this stuff much anymore. Right. Kind of being retired from the Rowdy Cowboy Show and being retired from the Wee Fest. Hey, you got a fancy hat on today, too, I noticed. It's either you or the bear. Usually the bear's rocking the yeah, hat. Yeah, well, I had to wear my hat tonight. I Typically, I wear this hat. It was done by the folks at Unreal, my godson, who just happens to be our guest tonight. He is indeed. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. I love him like he's my own son. And we have such a wonderful history together. And we have some fun, fun stories. Michael is neither a hunter nor a country music celebrity. Well, he has hunted. <clears throat> right. Technically makes him a hunter. Yeah. You could say he doesn't hunt and, maybe as uh, often as you do. Um, so anyway, Michael's neither a hunter or a <laughs> country music celebrity, but... We have fun stories about the Wee Fest together, and we did go on a, an amazing turkey hunt two years ago, two springs ago, where Michael shot a monster. He shot a turkey bigger than anything I've ever shot. Limb hanger, I think, <clears throat> is the term, right? Yeah, he shot a true limb hanger. We have a picture of it, and uh, we have a lot of video to show tonight. So those of you that are just listening, I always feel kind of bad that you're not watching it on one of the media, video medias, and because it's going to be a fun, fun show tonight. It is indeed. And let's, uh, without further ado, let's let you bring our guest on camera here. If you could just give him, I mean, obviously you just mentioned who he is. but let's Ladies give and gentlemen, my godson, he's not the same Michael Jordan as the basketball player. He's kind of a tall, skinny white kid. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not 6'6 or black. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever been called tall, though, so that's nice. You are tall. you got to be six foot. I don't think so. A little no? shy of six feet, yeah. Oh. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael Jordan, my godson, owner of Unreal, and uh, recently married. We have so many fun things to talk about tonight. He's got a great Toby Keith story to share with us, and we have a fun uh, Eric Church. He's a big fan of Eric Church. So we have some country things to talk about, and certainly, again, one of the funnest hunts I've ever been on, where... Uh, I shot a turkey once that had four beards, which is a real trophy, but it wasn't near the size or the limb hanger that Michael shot. But we'll get to that in a little bit while, in a little while. Can you edit that, please, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
a post job. I don't think she can do that live. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Yeah. Have yourself another drink. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank Thanks for, for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm we're excited, excited to be you. here. Good. I've been behind the scenes a little bit and uh, helping Tomcat with some of the some of the different things, helping you both, I suppose, with logo yeah. and and just yep. kind of getting the feel for what you guys have been up to. And so it's been fun to follow it. And uh, I don't quite know why I'm here because I don't fit the bill very well, but <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, like you said, we've got some good stories. I'm around a lot of a lot of the people that fit the bill to be on this show, so I've got some good stories about them. And well, Michael, I fun. promised all of our listeners that all of our guests are going to be very colorful. And nobody's more colorful than you are. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got great stories and a wonderful personality. Um, <clears throat> well, we should also make a mention, because we're going to get deep into it in this episode, that, Michael, you did design this logo. Yeah, so I this did, logo yeah. was created Thank by Michael. Thank you for Michael. sharing that. I was going to go into that next. So Michael owns um, the company Unreal and their apparel, right, apparel company? Absolutely, yep. And so he has a background in design, presumably. It's kind of where it all started was graphic design and web design, and then yep. it transformed into apparel design. And so uh, seven years ago, we started the brand, and kind of our goal is to bridge that gap between uh, functional and casual. So our products look a little more uh, casual, but they function like active wear. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the quick gist of our company. And uh, who knows, at some point, maybe a hunting line comes out of this. Oh, no. A hunting lion is coming out of this. <laughs> I don't know about a full-blown hunting lion, but he showed me uh, three pictures of three, I guess they're hoodies. They don't look like hoodies. And I, darn it, I had them on uh, the media, oh, yeah, and I didn't uh, pull them up. But when we go to yeah, the I don't break, know how much you can talk about it. <clears throat> no, we can talk about it. Those are, those those are, are cool. There's two different kind of conversations that we've been having about a hunting lion. One was uh, a different brand, not Unreal, that... that we were forming up a couple of years ago um, and things have just been on hold for a minute, but that was like a true camo hunting line. Right. And then through unreal, we're actually coming out with a few different camo I got styles you. this winter. So, well, that'll be fun. Yeah. And you, I think you have those on your phone, don't you, Tom? I do. Cause you could maybe and Lynn, if you would give those to Danny and then we can get them on the right. screen here. And I believe they're in the photos, honey. No, they're not. They're in the texts. Yeah, be careful what you look for in the photo <laughs> section. <laughs> oh, man. So my wife and I were dating when Michael was born, and his father and mother were very close friends. And we actually, between moves, at one point, we lived at their house. Are you kidding me? No. And uh, Michael and I... Terrible times. <clears throat> they were horrible times Lynn was Michael. fantastic. Oh! <laughs> Tomcat... Trying to wrestle me in his underwear, his whitey tighties. That, <laughs> that was. Uh, I'm kidding. That was. That was Sounds like we need a therapist in here. <laughs> <laughs> we might. We used to rough house quite a bit. Oh, I yeah. mean, I just. He's like my own kid, and we just roughed house. And one day we got a little bit physical, and a little bit. I maybe got a little too, uh, too strong or whatever. And Michael sat down. And I looked at him, and I could tell he was pissed. He was just beat red. And, he looked at me and he says, Uncle Tomcat, I don't think we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what was I, about three years old? <laughs> like, oh, Michael, we're going to be friends forever. <laughs> but I will back off. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it, we had so much fun. I watched him and his brother, Andrew, grow up from babies. And I'm telling you, they're two of the most and 
I mean, I know this might be a little embarrassing for you because you're sitting right here, but you and your brother are two of the most amazing young men I've ever Thank known. You. And I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of their children. You know my a wife, lot of people. My wife and I don't have children, and I've always looked at you and Andrew like sons, and I couldn't be more proud of both of you. You both excel in your fields. You're both very conscientious and generous. And I can remember Andrew coming home from school one day, and he, I saw him walking down the street, and he's carrying this guy. This guy was kind of off-center. I don't know if he had uh, what he had, but he wasn't quite right. Uh, and your brother, nobody told him to do it, but he befriended him, made him feel welcome, and walked home with him every day. And that's just who he was. Mm -hmm. a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, he is. And you are, too. I mean that, and that's the last nice thing I'm going to say about you. All right. Fair From enough. From here on well, out, it's you. a free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> Got it all out in the first five minutes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, man, I love you. So we don't want to get too mushy, but... Uh, How did you get the idea for an apparel company? Yeah. I mean, you said you started with graphic design, but anyone that's in that field knows that you could go in a hundred different directions with that. Yeah, totally. I So I started out in graphic design, and I was a caddy at, at the local country club. And so I went from graphic design to... So what's your handicap? Today? We're, <laughs> we're kind of in the 10, 11 category Which right is still now. pretty good. Um, Darn good. It's the, yeah, I mean, it, I've never been great. You know, I had never had time to put into it, but during this COVID year, I finally had a little bit of time to play and just got obsessed with it. And we just actually finished our new office build out and we put a Trackman golf simulator room in there. So no way. Next time you guys are in St. Paul, swing on by. Well, we're going to have lunch with you someday. Yeah. We're yeah, going to come down great. and see you and go and have lunch. There's some pretty good restaurants in that world. Yeah. Uh, that part of town. And you got the offices all done now? It is. Oh, cool. Yep. It's all set up. It looks really great. Andrew built it. So, yeah? Yeah, he did a good job. Oh, yeah. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, so yeah, carry, graphic carrying design golf and bags then... and, yeah, designing designing logos and, and so on and so forth for different guys because they all happen to be small business owners or 80% um, that were members at this club. So then – Comcast kind of came out and, and changed the internet. Um, you, know, you guys remember the dial-up times? <laughs> I do a few of these podcasts, and some of the guests are like, what, what do you mean? I don't understand. Like, oh, my gosh. But yeah, you had to unplug your phone and plug it into the wall to get a website to pop up. Um, oh, do I remember? I think everyone remembers that. So that when that transition happened and cable internet became a thing, websites changed dramatically, and, and um, I kind of I just fell in love with that. I got really intrigued by you know, how they were built. And so I just kind of put all my time into that. I, I was playing sports, you know, and going to school during the day, but at night I was staying up way too late, learning how to make websites. And that favored pretty well for me when I was carrying golf bags and talking to small business owners all day. Um, so it was kind of one progression to the next, started doing websites for people. And then I got a call from one of my clients. He said, you know, you made my logo, you made my website. I need some polos and hats with my company logo on it. Can you do that for me? So similar to the hats that you guys are wearing now, um, put a few pieces together. And when I saw the finished product and was able to kind of touch and feel and hold the, the thing that was once just an idea in my head, that was, um, yeah, really when I think the passion for, for design and just apparel uh, really came to fruition. Did you buy the equipment to do that stuff or you like outsourced it? I outsourced the embroidery. Yep. Okay. And so I outsourced it to a guy named Derek Cooper, who he and his wife had a little uh, embroidery shop in their basement, very ma and pa 
Coop Sports, where cool. is what it's called. Yeah, very cool. And he's been with me ever since. So that was when I was 16 years old. I'm 28 now, and he's got he runs our whole embroidery department at Unreal, and it's got you know big machines that he and his wife are running all day long. And so it's been cool. I've I've kind of got to share the the ride with somebody, and you know he's become just a. He's really got to be friend. pretty thankful. <laughs> he yeah, he's loving it. Um, you know it's it's cool because he doesn't have to juggle you know managing your own business and and going out and selling he's just simply taking the orders every day as they come in and um yeah it's become become a dream come true for us for sure so talk about your like what level of product are you i mean how many i'm trying to think of the best way to 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 phrase it from a volume standpoint where you are now well, I started it with three hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> hey, Coop, how many hats and T-shirts can I make for three hundred bucks? And that was—I had a different business prior to that, and I had a bad business partner, and so we went through the trials and tribulations of uh, arbitration, and that was not a fun experience, but definitely or a good cheap learning experience—not cheap either. So, at nineteen, I was a college dropout because I dropped out for the first business that had a lot of legs under it, and. I had just finished the the arbitration. I was 19, college dropout, 50,000 in debt to my attorney and 20,000 to the school, I think. But I had 300 in my bank account, $300. So <laughs> called up Coop, said, hey man, I'm gonna start a new brand. It's gonna be called Unreal. Because every athlete and just guys like us, people in general use that word to describe the best moments in life. And you know, you'll be yeah. getting interviewed after the championship game. How did it feel? It was Unreal. Mm -hmm. And so, I wanted to try to take that. How was your honeymoon? And uh, it was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Zing. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to try to take that concept, build a brand on it. Thought it might have some potential. It started as like graphic T-shirts and and you know buying someone else's blank product and you know working on the graphics and printing on it, and then it. You know, ordering I think, like apparel out of a catalog that has nothing on it, right? Yeah, yeah, And then exactly. just putting your brand on it. Exactly. So that's, that's what, what a lot of printers do, right? That's what 99% do, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I thought it was a good idea two months into, now I want to make my own product and, and you know, develop the fabrics mm -hmm. and change the fits and all that stuff. And never a million years did I see myself as a apparel designer, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what kind of can of worms I was getting into, but... It's like building a house when you when you go make a garment. You got seventy points of measurement on on one piece, and then you got to grade it out by five to seven sizes. Um, it was a lot more than I anticipated. I didn't know what I was what I was biting off there. But how does a person? I mean, do you just find a loom and like a hut in another country or something? <laughs> like, hey, how do you like how, how do you go down that road of okay, I'm going to design a specific fabric because you said you wanted something that was functional and practical. Yeah. So like, how do you, I'm like, I'm blown away right now. I just got on a plane to China and went right into the trenches. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we make stuff in Mexico city. We make stuff here in Minnesota. We do kind of all over the world, but a lot of the best fabrics that you're ever going to find or where they're developing the most cutting edge stuff is over in Asia. Okay. And so I got on a flight and went over there and didn't know any language, knew nothing. It was, you know, I, I probably had a few Google hundred Translate. bucks in my pocket. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting experience. But There's like, a joke in how there many somewhere. for three hundred dollars? Right. So to answer the volume question, it went from three hundred dollars to last year. I was saying three hundred to three million. We had a great year despite the COVID thing, and we ended up we ended up finishing at four million. So it was it was a roller coaster of a year. We kind of got 
hit in the face by COVID and at halftime end of second quarter, our business was not looking good because 80% of it was selling into Shields and, and the PGA Tour Superstore or the Minnesota Wild and different sports teams. And as you can imagine, nobody's going into stores, no one's going to sports games, right? Every order just came to a screeching halt. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the hockey lodge just closed. <laughs> right, right. We had to, uh, I mean, the advice that was given to me by intelligent people was uh, furlough half your staff, try to get the PPP funds, and <clears throat> just wait and try to hang on. You know, it'll weather the storm if you can. Um, so that was option A, but. I didn't really like that move. We've got a lot of great people at our company and, and uh, I really wanted to try to find a way to make it work. And I just didn't like the idea that we were sort of at the mercy of the external environment. You know, our success was dependent on everyone else succeeding. Um, so we pivoted, we went heavy into the e-commerce world and, and really started growing our, our websites and, and growing our online sales. Some area that you have expertise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot and of so, restless nights as a high school lad and you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna put this back to work. No kidding. It was, but today's a different game. I mean, it's all about the advertising and the distribution of your content and getting people to your site. Having a good website and a good product is, is remedial. You know, everyone has that these days. It's, you need to have a lot more than that. Speaking but, of websites. Here it is. We're scrolling through some of uh, <laughs> Michael's product, Unreal. And when we're done with this, Michael, I want you to back up a little bit. I have a oh, question. Some gophers for you. gear there. Row the boat. Oh yeah. PJ Flack. PJ Flack. Yeah, what a what an awesome get he was yeah. for that program. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I thought you meant for us. I said we actually don't have him. He's under some tight <laughs> ropes with Nike. <laughs> oh, but. It's uh, we actually donate all the proceeds to the Masonic Children's Hospital, or actually, half to the Masonic Children's Hospital, half to the Ronald McDonald House. So, PJ's a pretty ph philanthropic character, and and uh, yeah, giving back means a lot to him. So we were able to find a way to make it work despite you know he's under a doing the contract dance. with Nike. Yeah. Wow. Right. Michael, let's back up. Yeah. Tell us about the Shark Tank, and I know that was when you were really young, but I think the Listeners would be real interested. He was on the Shark Tank. No, no you weren't. No, I wasn't. No, oh. I wasn't. No, All I, right. I, I, I had I was like, what? You were? <laughs> no, I had the, the offer to go on Shark Tank. Oh. And I went and did a like a college version of Shark Tank. It was same format, but the judges were executives from 3M and Ecolab and things like that. And this was like year one of the company. I right. really didn't long, have long Year one of the, the first brand or of Unreal? Unreal. Okay. Yeah. So 2014, maybe. Um, I was actually, I was dropped this, out of Is this of the college. new headquarters? This is actually our last headquarters. Okay. Um, this is downtown St. Paul. Um, but we moved in November over to kind of the St. Anthony area, right in between Minneapolis and St. Paul. Okay. Um, just so need, you, a, need a little bigger boat. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so you're, you have the chance to do this college version of Shark Tank. Yeah. So I jumped in and, and did it. I think the you win free tuition for the year or something. I was like, well, why not? Yeah. So I uh, I get up there, and as soon as I started, I think I was 30 seconds into my pitch, and I stopped and looked at one of the sharks, and I said, where do I know you from? Because the guy just had that you know celebrity-type familiar face, and he kind of gives me this – I don't know. You know, like he, he knows that I know who he is, but he's, he's yeah, being pretentious. Being coy. Yeah, being coy. I'll say shy to say or. And, and so, okay, well, I continue going on. And then, I don't know, five minutes into my speech, he, he's asking a lot of questions and a lot of the other judges are. Um, and he says, 
well, how would you like to go on the real shark tank? And I said, well, wait a second. That's how I know you. And it all kind of clicked at that point. He's partners with, um, Damon John and they, oh, okay. he was one of the contestants on and there. Damon's the apparel guy on shark tank. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Boo boo, right? Yep. And he said, yep, that's me. And I think, I think Mark Cuban and Damon John would just, you know, feud over this. I think it'd be great TV. And he goes, give me your card. So I gave him my card and finished up my bits. And then, um, he, did you know your numbers, Michael? Cause I that's a numbers, big thing, yeah. you know, I did. <laughs> well, I, that's like, they say that to everybody. You gotta know your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe we were in year two because I had I had five like five years of projections and the first year I think we we were hoping to do a hundred and no sixty thousand is what we wanted to do out of the three hundred dollars and I think we ended up at one twenty and so I was proud moment you know sharing that and you know we're on track to do three hundred or so the next year um, and so. Yeah, I had a little bit of uh, credibility. We had a big social media following, so I think that was exciting. But I kind of just liked the, uh, I don't know, the story of, you know, going through my first business and having hard times and then having to get boot back a partner. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get back on my feet and do it all over again. Um, but sure enough, I had a call from him on my voicemail before I even got in my car and then the ABC casting director and they were, you know, hyping me up and really excited about this thing. And so I called Jordan Leopold, who was my idol growing up. And Former gopher, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a good story, too. I mean, that's kind of part of the founding of Unreal, really. That's um, how we'll have to go back to that story. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> remind me to go back to that because Tomcat was the connection there. Um, and so... He got all those guys. I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I know a guy. Yeah. He knows a guy that knows a guy. Uh, Jordan was sort of mentoring me through the beginning of it and had set set me up with my first meeting with the wild and came in and endorsed the product and just was a team player through that whole process. And so we had started to really build a friendship and, and talked quite often. And, and I called him up and I was really excited. Hey, you know, they want me to go on the shark tank show and I'm a big fan of the show as an entrepreneur. And, you know, mm-hmm. so it, was it is fun for me. Um, and Jordan just in like the most somber voice, well, why would you want to do that? Uh, you know, because it's a massive amount of exposure. Yeah, at the I, worst, we're gonna skyrocket overnight, right? I mean, and then you get a partner like Mark Cuban or Damon John, and everything is gravy. He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. They're probably gonna string you along like a puppet, take sixty percent of your company, and then you're working for someone else, and yeah, it's just not gonna be a good deal. He's like, if you want money, we can get you that. If you want exposure, we can do that too. Like, all right, you know, that was a good counter. So he made me kind of think through that a little bit and I ended up not doing it because of his recommendation. And it hit me one night as I was pondering this, that I think we would get typecasted as the shark tank brand and it would be, you know, an overnight sensation. And then well, cause they'd put you on all their material, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm as sure. seen on shark as tank seen and... on TV and yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I couldn't really imagine a big apparel brand being, you know, the birth of them being on Shark Tank. It's it's great for, you know, consumer goods products that are n- more generic, like a kitchen product or something like that. But for something that you're going to wear, I don't know, it, uh, it just didn't resonate fully. So it strikes me that there's two different types of people that go on that show. You got the people that literally are out of options and they desperately need someone mm-hmm. to come in and save them. In whatever manner it is. Well, and you can sniff it out pretty quickly. I mean, they're so good at it now that 
those guys don't right. last very long on the show. Right. And then the other one is the one that's literally just there to get the exposure. Like they don't really need the help. And then the sharks get pissed at them because they're like, what are you doing? You're wasting somebody's spot. Right. You don't really need us. You're just using it to get your brand out there nationally. Right. Totally. So it's, good for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Back in those days, it was like, if you go back and watch some of the earlier episodes, it shocks me on some of the deals that they did. And how did they not see that one folding kind of thing? You know, right. they, they gave a lot more chances back then. Now they're so good at this. You know, they're basically VCs. They know exactly how to weed through the, the crap and yeah. even sniff out if someone's there just for the exposure. They say it to people too on the show. Yeah. They'll be like, we know you're here just to get exposure basically. Yeah. You're not really looking for a deal. And those guys kind of just shrug and (laughs) (laughs) oops. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You clearly didn't need it because you're, I mean, like you said, you smashed your first year projection. You're looking to more than double in your second year. That's pretty awesome growth. Yeah. We've been very blessed, very fortunate along this way. We've met a lot of great people like, like Jordan and, and just all the different connections and doors that continue to open has been pretty Pretty unreal. <laughs> and, uh, there you and, go. Um, Just sneak it in there whenever we can. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so last year we finished strong and way overshot our projections, which didn't look good at halftime. And then this and year. All this kind of going back because we did kind of get in a rabbit hole there, but all this with you not following what you said the really smart people told you to do about the furlough and the PPP, you said, I'm not going to do that because yep. you want to keep your people. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was a big risk because we had to triple the amount we were spending in, in advertising, keep all of our staff on, some of which weren't really busy at the time. So it was a, a bit of a risk and a stretch. I, had, I was sweating a little bit through it, but um, yeah, just had faith that it would come together. And you know, if the doors would, are supposed to open, they will. And sure enough, the e-commerce sales really shot up and, and we started crushing it on online. And then I think it was probably something to do with that that led to Barstool Sports calling us out of nowhere, which are you familiar with Barstool? Very familiar, but I didn't know that there was any. I'm learning all these, Tom. <laughs> you awake over there? Yeah, I was just <laughs> checking uh, the board. Um, I'm learning all these. We talked a little before the show, obviously, about some of the ideas that he had for topics that we were going to hit. So it's really exciting to hear you just drop stuff that I've never heard before. But yes, Bar- Barstool Sports, for sure, I've heard of them. Massive I watch their Snapchat thing all the time. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it is. Um, so I'm a big fan of them, but we get a we get a email or a call that comes through, and Danny, my sales director, forwards it over to me, and she says, "Is this something you're interested in at all?" And I read it. I'm like, "It was. Hey guys, uh, first of all, love your polos and hats. I've been wearing them, wearing the same polo and hat for the last three days straight. We need to find a way to work together." It was from Barstool's sales director out of Chicago. And, and you're thinking, I'm getting punked. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And I'm like, yes, we want to, we want to pursue this, Danny. Yeah, give, right. give me the phone. <laughs> you know? and, uh, Do you know Barstool Sports? Absolutely. Yeah, huge brand. And I would like to Mike, Michael to elaborate a little bit on some of the teams that he works with. I know you had a couple of NHL teams, and you met with the Dallas Cowboys Maybe you can share some of those. Stories. Yeah, we'll get to that too. Let's yeah. let's finish up the barstool sports thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we started talking. I found out that he's actually the guy that sells all their advertisements, and so I thought, well, maybe this is just more of a sales pitch. But we'll see where it goes. Will you, you invest know. in ad space, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of tit for tat. Which that's how a lot of the a lot of the big organizations kind of handle those things. You give us X in, in marketing dollars, we'll give you a purchase order guarantee, or at least that's how I, I prefer to structure a lot of these 
these deals. So I was open to it either way, but um, surprisingly enough, he just, he didn't ask me for a dime. He introduced me right to their, their uh, product development team or their, um, the gals that run their, their merchandising, all of their online stores. And then they've since gotten into retail. So they're selling into stores all over the country. Now, all over the world, we're going into Canada and then, um, over to Europe with, with the product line this upcoming fall. So was it co-branded or is it just your apparel with their branding? Uh, I guess two in the same it's, it's our apparel with, with, um, so it'll be unreal up on the shoulder and then bar stool on the chest or, or whatever it may be. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. So we, we've got a dedicated page on, on their website. If you go to the store.barstoolsports.com, you can click under brands and see Unreal or UNRL um, has their own link and or our own link rather. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a dream come true. I really couldn't think of a better organization to align ourselves with. Um, Dave Portnoy is doing a lot of cool things in, in the yes, media. Yes, he is. Helping other small businesses stay alive and, and uh, getting a little political, and which is kind of fun to watch. But um yeah their target demographic really overlaps with ours and and um being a sports brand it, it just fit like a glove so we've had a lot of success there and um we were on a projection to try to hit seven million this year which is a big jump from coming from four but um you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked if we if we hit 10 this year we're really just kind of ramping up and and growing quickly so wow it's been quite a journey um a lot of a lot of t-shirts at that point but it's yes it is going from three hundred dollars and and just kind of doing this in my mom's basement to you know we went to man it's the damon john story kind of yeah standing outside the nightclubs literally sold them out of the trunk of my car (laughs) yes good for you that's awesome it's been it's been a grind you know we didn't uh, i learned quickly in my last business that partnerships are sometimes the worst ship to sail so yeah i did this one just you know refusing money and not not trying to take on a big investment team or VCs or anything like that. Yep. And um, it's been fun. You know, we're growing, you know, how I would consider slow and steady. Um, it is still very fast growth and it's difficult and stressful to manage at times, but, um, but it's sustainable, you know, it's not overnight to, you know, zero to a hundred. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. And so are you deluded at all or are you hundred percent still? No, still 100%. Wow. Tom. Wow. That's awesome. Just I know to go from where he was at 300 bucks yeah. to where they just did 3 million and no dilution. That's incredible. And it, it, he was it's recently, an amazing entrepreneurial story. Michael was recently at a banquet for the entrepreneur of the year. And I'm looking forward to the day when you're on the stage accepting the award for entrepreneur of the year. And my old buddy Hutch is in his chair watching you. <laughs> That's kind of a fun story, but, uh, Probably yeah, so something we're not going to go into. What's the story <laughs> with this shot? Um, so last year I was nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year, and it's uh, out of the Heartland region, so it's like the seven-state area. Yeah. Um, and so I was surprised to be nominated, and I, I think they were a little surprised at our size as a company. I told them we were on track for $3 million, and they're like, oh, boy, <laughs> a little disappointed because some of these companies right. are 50 you know, $100 million companies. What is and, what is Hutch, by the way, is uh, from Lake Shirts, and they've done our WeFest apparel from like day one. He's a big time screen printer, right? Um, so kind of what we. But Hutch won the Entrepreneur of the Year at that banquet, and at the one that we're this talking, one, about. yeah, last okay. year. So, <laughs> yeah, 
I see the finalist list and they do this like it was a TV show production and I see the the everyone's you know little video clip rolling through and I'm like wait a second that's the guy that Tomcat connected me with when I was trying to get started in this industry uh Mike Hutch and he I I'm, now I know how it feels being in, in his shoes which there were probably bigger shoes at the time than I'm even in now but I was trying to call him multiple times and just couldn't connect and you know tried and i had spoken to hutch and said hutch my nephew needs a little uh, assistance or maybe some words of wisdom and they never did connect and so it's kind of funny though being in that that contest with him and did you walk up to him like hey you (laughs) a-hole yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it was all virtual this year unfortunately so we had to sit and do our own little private gathering to watch the the award ceremony but sure but i'm back in it this year hopefully it'll be in person um and they announced the finalists, I think, at the end of this month. So It's going to be you. Hopefully. You're a nominee, you know, at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just Correct. went through the, the second or third round or so of the – do a lot of different evaluations with judges. and, and um, It's like an HOF thing. you got to go through a few years, and then finally you're, like, legitimately a contender. I think that's actually – yes, that's kind of how it goes. But if I win here, then we go down to Palm Springs. And I, I actually just met with a guy earlier today who was a former winner um, – not about that, but just about doing some business together. Sure. And um, he said it was just incredible. Meetings with anybody you want when you get there. Um, you have a host. So, like, someone from Ernst & Young basically is your sponsor and guides you around and schedules whatever you want to do. If you want to – he told me in my initial meeting, if you want to go down there and just golf and hang by the pool, we'll do that. I won't let the phone ring. If you want to meet with Mark Cuban or the, or – you know, the CEO of Apple, Best Buy, any company you can think of, really, they're all there at this at this deal, this function in Palm Springs. So I'm like, I, I thought he was kind of blowing smoke with me. I didn't really know how big of a deal this this whole Entrepreneur of the Year thing was. I said, sure, you know, I'll take the meeting when he when he yeah. asked me. Um, but it's a it's a lot bigger program than I thought. This guy that I met with earlier today was saying when he got down there, he was just blown away. It changed his life. He met with Mark Cuban. He met with um, the gal from the Huffington Post. Is it? I'm not oh, sure, but yeah. What is her name? Anyway, but he said it was just like a life changing experience. Every, they, you don't have to set meetings with people. They're you know you get to you know it's part of the whole thing. You just pick and choose your lineup and how you want to spend your time and cool. Um, so yeah, hopefully I, hopefully I, um, am able, able to make it down there this year. That'd be awesome. You know, before we get too far into that topic, uh, and maybe we're done, I just, uh, was hoping that Danny could pull up, uh, the camouflage, uh, the three camouflage hoodies that, uh, yeah, did we find those? that we might be wearing on the show. Well, along, we're, we're definitely going to twist Michael's arm and see if, we, our, see if we can't work out uh, a sponsorship unreal, for the show. Oh, there un, we go. Along with our unreal sunglasses and our unreal clothing. <laughs> Those are cool. I love that one. Yeah, we went with that one. We didn't end up producing the other two. Um, we've got a few different colorways coming out. So is that a hoodie? It is, yeah. It's okay. kind of a high neckline hoodie. If yeah. you're on our website and you go to crossover hoodie, that's kind of our flagship product. Does the hoodie like zip them. into the collar? No, it's just a instead of just meeting at a center point, it it's like a elevated kind of high neck. Huh. Um, keeps you warm. So, so if you put your hood up, it kind of buttons you up like this, and you can like tighten it. the tighten the straps. Feels, sort of like a high end raincoat, right? Where it's got bit, that yeah. where it snaps in the front, just under your yeah, chin, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, Except exactly. this is all one piece. Except it's all one piece. Yeah, that's very cool. I like that camo. It's kind of old school. That 
Looks like the he old still wears military. that camo. Well, I, yeah, right. that's what I'm going for is kind of that that vintage old school yeah. camo. That's that's what I really like. I do too. I mean, I wear a lot of. Uh, believe it or not, at the WeFest, we'd always have the Marine Corps and the Army up there, and we do the national anthem, and we'd have all the color guard up there. I met some of the Marines, and I said, "I love those pants," and they brought me a pair of pants, and I have been wearing them for years and years. And they got the side pockets, and it's got the uh, digital camouflage. And if you look real close, and you got to really look close, you'll find a little small Marine Corps logo on them. Oh, oh that's cool. really cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Maybe There's we another shirt. Like that. Yeah, so that's the hoodie right there. Okay. And essentially that exact silhouette, but we're going to print it all in that camo. Can I ask you like a more technical question? Yeah. Since you obviously have just lived in apparel and a, this like material creation for however many years now. Yeah. How did you solve the problem of machine washing and drying hoodies and not ending up with sleeves that come up to your elbows? Because that's like every hoodie I've ever bought, regardless of how much I spend on it. You wash it once, and then it's literally like this the next time you go to put it on. It's like, come on. Well, two, two different answers. I guess two solutions. One is not using cotton. Um, if you okay. can mix in polyester, spandex, and kind of get a more functional fabric, yeah. those don't shrink up like cotton. But then yep. pre-washing the fabrics. Um, so that'll you pre-wash the fabric prior to even cutting and sewing it. Um, but yeah, we get a, that's the kind of one of the beauties of our product is it doesn't shrink up on you after you wash it. It, it maintains uh, maintains its lifespan for quite a while. I am gonna order one off your website when I leave here tonight. I've got a few of his hoodies. I'll give you a discount code. We'll air it. MJ twenty five. I said that because I might offer you one. Oh really? You prick. Uh, <laughs> you got, one, got one for free. I say you got one that'll fit me. <laughs> yeah. MJ25, you say? MJ25. Noted. Is 25% off. No way. 25%? Yeah. That is fantastic. So I, I'm definitely using money. it tonight. I usually only give it to my friends and we're not on the air, but uh, <laughs> oh well. Yeah, thank you for Your, that. Your uh, number one Absolutely. favorite fan is in the room. It's MJ25 for yeah. those people that are that missed that, MJ25. You know what we could do is we could bleep it out <laughs> and then they have to send us an email for that code. Oh, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that, too. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> My wife is your number one fan. She buys all of your stuff. She doesn't wait for the discount when it comes out there. Her school, uh, the football team, if I'm not mistaken, and the hockey team, the hockey team, the mm -hmm. hockey team all of their uh, uniform, their stuff is unreal. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I remember when he called me and, and she said teaches I saw some school. kids, and I was so excited. Oh, my <laughs> God, Lynn, you have to pull up that photo. It's on my phone. Give it to Danny. It's her doing her cheerleader thing yeah. in the North Branch hockey. Uh, it is such a fun picture. So Tom was kind of alluding earlier to the progression of you lining up these contracts and who you've talked to, who you've pitched, and who you are legitimately working with. Yeah. So maybe if we can kind of go down that road, because I'm curious to know how that's come along too. It's always a, okay, you start off with like the, oh, Jason Zucker. Yeah, there he is. He's uh, He's – one of my best friends. He's a just a tremendous guy. Um, you guys are about the same age too, aren't you? We are. Yeah, he's one year older. Um, and Michael was a hockey player, yeah, goalie right. for White, White Bear, Lake. and then goalie at Mankato State. That is not true. No. Well, you were uh, <laughs> you, you were going to Mankato State, and you were I not there. playing goalie for the Mankato State team, but you were playing goalie 
Yeah, we, we screwed around, played a little club hockey, but oh. it was nothing. nothing Have you ever played with Jason, and did he shoot on you? I haven't. No, I haven't <laughs> laced him up since really? those college days, yeah. Because he's got quite the shot on him. No kidding. <laughs> he would smoke me. I think I'd be scared. <laughs> he mentioned, you know, oh, there's oh, that there's picture. Lynn. There's Lenny in her so North Branch hockey jersey. He mentioned <laughs> that, you, uh, that you know Matt Dumba, too. Yeah. That guy's yeah, got a Matt. bomb. He does. He's got one of the best shots in the league. Yeah, Every time ridiculous. I see Matt Dumba. I would dive out of the way. <laughs> Lynn thinks we look alike, which I, I don't do know. too. I, I look think you look like a alike. white Matt Dumba. I look like a white Matt Dumba. If All you right. had the helmet on, <laughs> it just uh yeah, I think you look a lot like him. I don't I don't think Maybe he looks when like you him were at younger. I, yeah, I could I never pick that. More one when up. you were younger, Michael. Okay. But uh huh. You look good as a brother. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I could photoshop it and we'll yeah. really put this to the test. There we go. <laughs> put a hockey helmet on yeah (laughs) um but yeah we've been we've been really fortunate to work with a lot of different sports teams um started with the minnesota wild there's matt it went into yeah we don't look anything like anything like no not at all i do he's a lot cooler than me no nobody's cooler than (laughs) Um, he's a better hockey player that's we'll give him that much yeah (laughs) um my career was Done as soon as high school was done. I wasn't going to try to go drag my life out and play juniors and do that whole that whole deal. So you had other plans. I did. You're yep. spending up, staying up late all night building websites. That's right. Yep. So um, you decide at some point you're like, okay, I got to start lining up some contracts, right? You got to approach right. some clients and build relationships. Yeah. How does that go? Yeah. So it started with Minnesota. That was a good little catapult for us and it gave us a lot of credibility and recognition you're talking about the wild the wild yep jordan gets you a meeting with whoever their people are yeah yeah that's a fun kind of a fun story too this but is during the fletcher era i assume uh, or was, pre-fletcher yep. it was fletcher okay um so i was 20 i think at the time and <laughs> just dripping behind the ears <laughs> right well i get a i was working as a uh, real estate appraiser because i dropped out of school for the right. last business was you know, grinding through this arbitration thing, started picking up a few classes at the local college and just to keep my mind in check. And then um, I started Unreal with the 300 bucks, but knew it was going to be years before that became self-sufficient. And mm-hmm. so I decided I had to go get a real job. I called up one of one of my connections from the golf course, one of my dad's, uh, my dad's good friends as well. I think, Tom, you might know Tom Conroy as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. We golf a lot together. Yeah. Drank a few, a little bit together. <laughs> Who haven't you drank? Tom Conroy has <laughs> got more fun stories. Oh, that guy, he's a riot. He's a hoot. So I called him up and, and asked for a job if I could come work for him at his appraisal shop. And so went to work there, got my appraiser's license, and, and uh, you know, I'm used to being on the phone. If I am ever on the phone, it's with a r- realtor or a mortgage broker. And then I get a random call one day. Um, guy says, are you the T-shirt guy? Like what? Uh, that's you're like that's kind of an oversimplification, but yeah, I'm the t-shirt guy. <laughs> yeah, well, at this point, I, I was just like pressing t-shirts in in my mom's basement. You know, it was okay. the very beginning of Unreal. I said, uh, I, "Who's calling?" And he said, "Well, this is Jordan Leopold. I need to order up some shirts for my buddies in the locker room." And I'm like shell shocked. You know, I've never been starstruck over the phone before, but I was. <laughs> I was sitting with him. When he called you. Or, yeah, I would say, yeah. how did he get your number? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was working with Jordan, uh, consulting him on uh, the Mississippi Gardens. Yeah, so he and his, his wife built. And uh, he needed 
somebody with Michael saw, I said, I know just the guy. I said, my godson, will, he'll take care of that, and he's as sharp as they get. So he called you right on the spot. That's I funny. mean, I, I gave him your number right there, and uh, then you guys hit it off so well. Yeah, he's become one of my really good friends. Yeah, and, and, uh, he's a good man. He is. Um, so, he, yeah, long story short, started doing some T-shirts for him, and it, it was – well, it started as a fantasy football league t-shirt, which I couldn't really wrap my mind around, but all the guys in the hockey team were doing a fantasy football league shirt. And he wanted you to design his website. Yeah, and his website. Yep. That came a little later. Oh, for the for that. the gardens? Yeah, for Mississippi Gardens. So I okay. did his logo and his website um, for him and his wife, Jamie. And But at the very beginning, it was, I need some fantasy football shirts. My team is called the Torsos. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know. And he's like, well, myself and... Uh, can't remember the other guy's name and his a, a defenseman on the team of, he was with st louis blues at the time we have enormous torsos and our legs are really small so everyone gives us shit and calls us the torsos <laughs> and i'm like oh my gosh uh yeah man whatever you want i'll do it that's and, great food for the design thing though right well right so i'm like how do i bring that out of character and then i thought of that uh what is it, Johnny? Um, the guy with the blonde. Yes, the glasses. Hair. Yeah, what is that again? I, I can't remember what the. It's a like a like a Family Guy kind of cartoon thing. It's right. a modern cartoon. Yeah. Just gigantic torso, tiny us. legs. Yeah. <laughs> so I I took like kind of a rendition of that guy and put him on a football field and um, did the torsos looked like a team T-shirt or something and sent him out. You know, 30, 30 T-shirts. He Coop, presumably loved them. Coop screen printed them, and yeah, he he loved them. He calls me the next day. He's like, man, he's like laughing on the phone. That was awesome. The guys <laughs> loved them. I need you to do another one. And I'm like, all right, well, what's next? We're gonna play a joke on Alexander Steen, who's a NHL superstar. Right. Yeah, he is. And he's like, I want to take the Nirvana album cover with the little baby swimming in the pool, <laughs> naked, and naked, and put Alexander Steen's face on it. Can you do that? I'm like. Yeah, I can do that. You know, <laughs> so, so we go and print thirty of those, ship them, ship them into the St. Louis Blues locker room. Everybody's wearing them when Steen comes into the locker room. No way, back crying the next day. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, I got one more for you. So I'm like, oh God, what is it? He's like, our coach Ken Hitchcock. He wears this like Walmart sweater to practice every day. It just says hockey and like you know, varsity text Christmas ugly sweater. Yeah. <laughs> hockey. And it has a puck crashing through the text. It's like something you would give like a four year old kid that likes hockey. It was probably a gift to him. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I want you to remake, I'm going to send you a picture of it and print it on 30 gray t-shirts. And uh, you know, we're going to have fun with it. All right. So I ship him the 30 t-shirts and then he calls me like rolling on the floor. That was the best prank yet. We all were wearing them when Hitchcock walked in, and he's like a super, like stern, serious, you know, <laughs> old coach. And he walks in just pissed when everyone's wearing this shirt. And so that was another good one. And, and finally, I we'd built a good enough relationship where I called him up and said, "Hey, man, I'm happy to keep doing these shirts for you, but I'm going to tell you about kind of a dream I'm working on here. It's I'm building this brand called Unreal. We had just started the social media and the e-commerce thing." Um, but my, my dream is to get licensed with the NHL and, and I, my former company was dye sublimation printing. So very similar to your shirt, Shane, where you print all over the entire garment sure. digitally, yeah. um, no limit on colors or, you know, any print location, anything like that. So I was doing that in the 
believe it or not, the esports world, the professional video gamers kind of brought that concept to esports for a jersey and launched gamingjerseys.com. That was the first one. Um, so I was really familiar with that whole manufacturing process. And I thought, why don't I bring the hockey jersey to a sweatshirt or something that's more casual and wearable? And Lynn was wearing it in that picture earlier. Um, similar, you know, a, a North Branch edition of that. Yeah. Um, but we, I wanted to print that up and, and do it with NHL jerseys and, and make kind of a casual piece um, that, you know, you're warm enough to wear it in the rink, but, you know, you can wear it to the mall or wherever, you know, wherever you want. And yeah. um, so that was the idea. I, I asked Jordan what his thoughts were. And I said, you know, that, this is what I want to do. If I make a sample, can I send it out to you, a St. Louis Blues sample, and maybe you can drop it on the right person's desk and just see if anything happens. And, um, and he said, yeah, I can, I can do that. Um, you know, but why don't we try the wild? They're right in your backyard. And I, I was sitting at, I remember the call. I was sitting at the real estate appraiser's office. Sorry, Tom. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, moonlighting. Yeah. And I'm like, are Naughty you, boy. you serious? <laughs> like that, that's the mega dream to work with the wild, you know? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll just give him a call and see if we can get a meeting. And you know, he's not in the like admin side of things, but if he calls, they'll answer. So yeah, he's Jordan Leopold. Right. And so he calls and, and weasels me in a meeting. And so I'm 20 years old. I, I show up, it was like two weeks and Jordan actually flew into town to join me in the meeting, which wow. I was shocked about. Had you ever met Jordan before? No, I've okay. never met him. Just so talked to him on the phone a bunch. I'm 20 years old. I show up at the wilds head corporate office, downtown St. Paul. I'm just a, you know, kid from white bear lake and trying to you know make this t-shirt company out of my mom's basement happen and i'm meeting my idol in the parking lot and walking in with him and pitching the minnesota wild executive board on you know why they should carry my product line and so that was quite a experience you know it was a, it was nerve-wracking but probably one of the most exciting early times in the whole business and sure enough they well, i had a sample from minnesota already made up and but it was not good not nothing like what we make today it was like really stiff fabric and it didn't you know it didn't stretch at all with you and i think it was a size medium sample and jordan you know i'm i'm talking through giving my pitch and it, it was probably very mediocre if not subpar of mediocre um your pitch you mean yeah yeah it was like one of my first your 20 pitches you know and and Jordan, I, I remember him jumping in and kind of taking the mic. Look, if you want what the kids are wearing these days and what's cool, then you need to give them a shot. And he like grabs the hoodie, stands up and tries to throw it on. And Jordan's like six two, he's a monster, twenty. You know, he's ripped. And I can honestly hear the seams ripping to this day, <laughs> just slight little tearing. And I'm I'm in my head like no. Please no. You're thinking it's worst case scenario. Bust this hoodie. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, God was with me on that one. The thing stayed together. He looked pretty good in it. I don't know how, but, uh, it was, it was a fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> they gave me uh they gave me a chance. They said, all right, bring 72 of them in here in a month and we'll give it a shot. And so got to work, figured out how to make a good hoodie, got the right fabrics. And, um, we delivered the first 72 and when I saw them on the, on the shelf, that was kind of the whole like reason for starting this was I just wanted to like see the product that I had created in my head. Or, so like, this is design. for shelf space, not for team specific apparel. Right. This was going in the hockey lodge store okay. at the XL. Gotcha. Um, but I always wanted to see my designs like on a shelf and with, you know, the whole nine and then see people walking around wearing it. And that was kind of it for me. Um, 
so when I finally saw it, I saw they had priced it at $99 and I don't know, my cost was probably too high or something, but, um, we didn't even consult about what the retail price was. I didn't even know that I had a say in that matter at the time. Um, but Reebok was the, kind of the big brand at, at, of the NHL at that point, And their top hoodie was $75 or something. And I'm thinking, Oh boy, we might've just shot ourselves in the foot and way overpriced this thing. Um, but sure enough, they sold through in, in less than a week and they called me back and said, Hey, we need more of those, get us a new design. And we shipped them in a, it was a digital camel, all white digital camel version with the wild logo on yep, the chest. Yep, I remember. And, um, how quickly was the turnaround for you to get a restock? It was about a month. Okay. Um, so we got them another order and they said this time we want 288 or something, you know, somewhere in that 200, 300 region. Um, and so I'm all fired up. We get them the new product and I'm hoping it does well. We're pushing it on Twitter and all the social media channels. And the, the buyer for the Minnesota Wild calls me that night and I'm back in Mankato at this point. I'm at some party with my friends. And she calls me after the wild game. She goes, that was the fastest selling product we've ever had in hockey lodge history. That thing just sold out in one night and one night units. And how many units? Bucks. It was like 288, wow. I think. Wow. Um, and so I like, I, she could probably hear the concerts in the background. And, um, but my friends and I are all high fiving and kind of knew we were onto something at that point. And, and so that was a definitely big moment for us. I'm getting really long-winded now that I think no, of it. The you original you just go ahead. You just sports go. Sports teams that we work with. This but, is free-form conversation, man. Um, no rules. That was the real, you know, like, first The light bulb boom. turned on. Yeah, we're on to something. Um, and since then, I, I think we went into St. Louis after that, and then Boston, Bruins. Um, did Jordan facilitate that St. Louis connection, obviously? Um, I don't think he even did. Their buyer just emailed us out of the blue and okay. said, "Hey, I they must have heard from the wild." Yeah, and yeah. So we did we did some product with St. Louis, um, Boston. We've worked with pretty closely. Pittsburgh is a recent one. The Penguins. I actually was in there like two weeks prior to Jason Zucker getting traded. Jason plays for Pittsburgh. Well, I was in there meeting with their their vice president and talking to him about can we structure a deal and. Oddly enough, while well, I'm telling them about what we, who we are, what we do, I tell them about our collaboration with Jason Zucker and how we donate these proceeds to the Masonic Children's Hospital. And he goes, what do you, what do you know about that Zucker? I'm like, uh, well, I mean, he's a great guy. He's a pretty community-oriented. I mean, we really like him as a player, but is he a community guy? Like, oh, yeah, he's the best, you know, the best around when it comes to community guys. He just built a whole wing at the, the Children's Hospital in Minnesota. And all he does is give back. He's got a he and Carly. Heart. You got to give Carly, and Carly some love. Yeah. Actually, Carly's kind of the whole backbone there. Sorry yeah. to throw Jason on the bus, but she's she, we call her our idea guy. <laughs> <laughs> but she's uh, she's a marketing wizard, and she's just one of the greatest. And actually, if you want someone fun on your show, she'd be a great one. Yeah. If we just tear away from K-Fan. Yeah, no kidding. Um, she may be under contract. Who knows? But um, so they're asking me all these questions about Jason, and, and you know, we end up come into an agreement and I walk out of there. I sent Jason a text. I'm like, Hey man, they were really uh, inquisitive about you. Oh yeah. Well, that's interesting. And it was like a week later, the headlines come out. Zucker's traded to Pittsburgh. Wow. And the funny thing is he doesn't know anything until like, honestly, we, we find out at the same time as him or maybe even before he does, you know, right. social media and everything. But even his age, I mean, their agents don't, they, they're contractually obligated not to say a word. So he didn't know anything about it. And, 
not I had no influence in it, but I'm sure they were just doing their final, you know, fielding of questions or something. You might have just been the like push over the edge. I don't know, but it might be funny how that all came together. That's a big deal to the programs as you're community orientated and you're a good guy. And uh, speaking of Pittsburghs, they're out of it, aren't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They lost in the first round of the Islanders, right? Right, right. Which is kind of surprising to me. Hey, Tom, I got something for you. What do you got, girl? Oh my God! I'm gonna say probably not. Make sure Lynn sees it. That is awesome. Uh, Lynn, Wait, you gotta, you gotta darken me up a little bit. <laughs> I can't do that. No, because then you'll get in trouble. Yeah, people yeah, think you. Have, people so see tell you me, blackness. I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. You're very wrong. No, they resemble. I couldn't each other. find it. I couldn't find a face like that that Michael was making. That's the best I got. <laughs> Lynn, you see, did you did Lynn see it? You're too funny, Danny. Those of you that can't, if you, you those guys, of you that are listening, you're not seeing. We've got Michael Jordan alongside of uh, Max Dumba, Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba. I'm sorry, and they both have Minnesota Wild uniforms on. She uh, superimposed Michael's head on Matt Dumba's body. Well, what you guys don't understand is that's not a click push button thing to do either. No. That, that took a little bit of time there. So, oh no, yeah, good work. She's, good work. Danny's Danny. very good. I got you. That's why I like being in charge of the computer. It. I That's got you. That's funny. We're very lucky to have her on the show. Yeah, you are. That's hilarious, that Danny. That's so funny. Well, your nose is a little bigger than his. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, clearly, that's what the problem is. Oh, that's funny. No, that was a joke. So um, you start lining up NHL, but then he breathed a little bit of a hint about maybe going NFL as well. Oh, you did? Well, I guess the contract is signed, so we can – Well, you had told me about uh, meeting with uh, – what's his name? Uh, – What's his name? Owns the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones? Yep. Steve Jones. Um, his son. His son, right. yeah. He had called me. I was. <laughs> that's so funny, actually. Was This is um, the first NFL? NH, uh, NHL? NFL. NFL? Um, yeah, we've talked a bit with the Vikings, but actually that's who the contract is with, is the Vikings. We're, we're rolling out a, a collection with them this fall. Um, really? Yeah, we are. Insider so, information. Insider info. Yes. Um, so nobody, none of our followers know about that yet. So you guys are the first to hear it. But good deal. Way to go, TK. Um, all right. Break. Do we need a breaking news thing to go across? <laughs> More to come um, on that. But yeah, last or yeah, last year. No, must have been 2019. Um, I'm actually in a performance review meeting with one of my one of my staff members, and being pretty critical with them, and I'm kind of frustrated. You know, there was an oopsie that had happened, and. Um, I got this call again. It was like the third time this day and from this random number. And most of the time it's a solicitor. So I had ignored it twice. You didn't want to extend your car's warranty. <laughs> right. I had ignored it twice during the day. Finally, I'm like, who is this? It was, or no, it wasn't even, a, I couldn't even see the number. It just said private caller, no ID. Oh. And I'm like, you know, that only happens so often. So it was three times that day. Finally, I'm like, you know what? Hold on. I'm taking this. I hit it and put it on speaker. And like an asshole, excuse my French. I, like, You're good. Yeah, this is Michael. And I hear on the other line, Michael, this is Steve Jones down in Dallas with the Cowboys. You got a few minutes to visit with me? Like, <laughs> what? And I look at the like my employee and we're both just like eyes bug-eyed. And, and Instantly you need new underwear. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, Steve, I have plenty of time. <laughs> and we ended up talking on the phone for about an hour about our relationships with our dad, uh, you know, our careers and all kinds of things. And um, 
pretty yeah just great guy and and the fact that he was taking so much time to reach out and and just you know talk chew the fat with you yeah it was unbelievable um so yeah we we did some samples for them we actually did a really cool king ranch shirt which is kind of the hunter's uh yeah playground and and that's the ford's like top end yeah um, trim line on their trucks king ranch um so he and he and his dad and their brother and their whole clan go out there every year and do this big hunting trip and they have a group called party dos um party dos at king ranch and he he said well i was trying to fish for information actually he didn't bring this up but i said well you know what do you do and do you guys do like shirts for that or hat yeah we actually we did these hats and it was kind of a junk little like promo you know orange hunting hat that he sent me a picture of and so I just, I was like, I, I want to try to build a relationship with this guy. So I pulled one out of the Jordan Leopold playbook and sent him a few pieces, but um, did a really cool, I should, I should really send you the media for that um, to pull that up on the screen, but a really cool logo for, for um, their whole family. And basically just a party dos at King Ranch, um, had a nice spread on it and did some t-shirts and uh, some caps for those guys, but they turned out really sharp and um yeah, I ended up going. I do down. remember seeing those. You did show them to me. Yeah, I yeah. want to see them, so we'll get them from him. Yeah, and put them on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. So you're um, saying you ended up going down there? I did. Yeah, I flew down there, went to the Star for a meeting. That office is, I mean, that was that same shell shocked feeling of going to the Wilds office for the first time. You go in there and see all the Super Bowl rings and everything. Oh yeah. Um, pretty pretty cool experience. We just did. Um, my associate Danny and I just flew in for the day and had a great meeting. Um. But we, we never ended up closing on terms. It was kind of right before the COVID thing and then a lot of different factors. But um, they're pretty in tight with Nike as well, so it's tough to kind of maneuver around some of those contracts that exist. But, um, yeah, been really fortunate just to get to talk with some of these people and, and get to know some of the cool people that I've met along this journey. It's amazing to see. I mean, really, obviously, super intelligent <laughs> sort of like in forethought because back then you're just trying to stay alive by going e-commerce. But now when you look back on it, it's like, wow, what an ingenious way to not only diversify at that point so you could keep your staff around, but now where you are, where you're like, okay, now we can get back, get boots on the ground again. Yeah. Then that other half of your business can get back to life and get that fire going as well. Totally. So if you ever get fluctuation in the market again on one way or another, you know, if you feel depression on the, digital side you got your boots on the ground and your contracts and you know if we have issues like a pandemic again you know then you've <laughs> yeah. got you've got your e-commerce that can just kind of keep running because as we know anyone that's under the age of 100 um present company included the internet is like the future of the world like if you're not digital i, I tell people all the time in the real estate business give myself a little plug i i tell them that some of the reason that we're having success at, in real estate is because we were digital before all these fuddy duddies that have been in real estate yeah. forever were digital you know ship I'm, it. yeah ship it tom i'm gonna ship it right over to you brother ship it ship it over your computer <laughs> ship it Just pick up your phone you find that i've shipped it to you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so you know having a strong social media following and understanding social media and and all that stuff um you know really puts you on the forefront of your industry so totally. great compliment to you man what an awesome way to not only survive but um, to show your huge heart and saying, I'm not going to furlough or lay off people because the bit, you know, it might make your belt a little tighter. You're just going to maybe eat out a couple times less a month and keep those other staff members on so they can feed their families. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a um, very big Christian thing to, to do. Be, uh, turned out to be such a good move and a blessing in disguise, really. I mean, we've always wanted to be more of an e-commerce business. It's just that the wholesale side has kind of taken us, you know, in that direction. A lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the e-commerce game is so different than what I was doing in the past. Like building the websites, one thing, making it look pretty is great, but just like having, you can have a, the greatest podcast in the world, but if people aren't, they don't know about it, it's right. impossible, right? Yeah. You get people to, to come to that site and, and see what you're, you have to offer. So maybe you can give us some tips. Yeah, that's where absolutely. we are. I think we've got a great product. We just got to get more ears on it. I'm not in the music or, or podcast distribution business. So I don't know as much as I do about the e-commerce and, and social media advertising, but using social media, obviously, I can I can assist in that realm for sure. Um, it's become a huge part of our business is, is really targeting people through uh, digital media ads. And the beauty of it is, I mean, the, the easiest uh, example I can illustrate is you drive down the freeway and you put a big billboard up for for the podcast and it's not I mean maybe one out of 20 people ideally depending on where you place it are will notice be, it well no maybe that yes will notice it capture it and you got to be so quick and good about your messaging on those mm -hmm. advertising those advertisements you need to you need to really reel them in and give them a call to action that they can like quickly pull up nobody remembers a phone number when they drive by it so right you got to remember a google search term and be able to go home and, and think about it again and then google it and uh, essentially and so um not only that though your demographic of who you're trying to reach is maybe one in 50 or one in you know depending on where you put it but it could be one in 20 i suppose um if you get way up north uh but way up north but not how many people are actually interested in what you're selling or advertising. Mm -hmm. So you go to the digital media side of it and you can shoot fish in a barrel and pinpoint exactly who you want to target. And you're not wasting any money on, on the people that you're not interested in, in listening to your podcast or buying your product. Right. Exactly. Speaking of billboards, can you tell the folks about your very <clears throat> first job? Hold on before we get to that. This is real quick. It's right going to have to be quick because we do got to get to our, uh, you know, paying the bills. Tomcat right. hired me as a dishwasher at his restaurant, Red Oak. Fine steaks and wine. Unbelievable food. You were washing <laughs> dishes for this fool? Oh, yeah. Wow. Not very well. <laughs> he was like a deer in the headlights. He was the reason for the BB? He was more the interested in uh, meeting the other girls that were washing dishes. <laughs> you going to blame him? No, he was servers. great. There was no he girls was great. back there with That's me. That's right. It sounds like a chip off the old block, actually. He, the, all the servers, all the girls loved him. And I got fired. He did not <laughs> get fired. <laughs> I did. I you did. did? Yeah, I got fired by your general manager. Who was that? Chris. I think. Well, I ought to fire him. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't, the reason I thought even thought about it is when we, we put a billboard out on the highway for Red Oak Steaks and Wine and uh, it's just all of a sudden click. Oh, you had right. him design Michael. it, presumably? No, no. Oh. You know who I had design it? I know you know him. Lynn, what was his name? Uh, he's always at the Wild Games. Big, tall guy. He's always got a handful of tickets. I got the uh, Miracle poster over there from him. My, my wife has a better memory than I do. Scott Ald. Scott Ald. Yeah, sure. He actually came in with one of the announcers for the Wild, and they sat there and they took pictures of our steaks at, from 100 different angles, and they really did a nice job. 
So with Scott Alden, I don't remember the announcer's name, uh, but he is one of the announcers for the Wild. Okay. And uh, it's interesting how this all continues to tie together. And could, do we have time to just do well, – we can wait. Yeah, why don't we do this? We do need to take a quick break here and promote the sponsors. Okay. And uh, so we were – obviously, Michael will be back after the break, and we'll talk a little bit about music and all that kind of stuff, maybe shift Especially gears. Especially music. The three of us are going to be having dinner at Lord Fletcher's Friday night. Yep. To see uh, – we're going to talk about – Dave I McElroy. guess that's going to be on next week, Dave McElroy. Yeah, so – Who is a good friend of Michael's. Yeah. This is all funny how it just all ties together. It does. So, folks, come back right after the break. We'll be talking to Michael Moore about uh, Unreal and uh, the country music tie-in. We'll be right back. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this REMAX results referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. If you would like to sponsor the Boots and Backstraps podcast or you have an interest in joining our team, send us an email to bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail.com. Folks, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps. We are still in studio with my co-host and probably the better half of better looking half of our duo here, Tom Cat. You know, you're pretty amazing. You're a great speaker. You're a wonderful quarterback for the show. Thank you. Appreciate that, sir. Yeah. It's not bad looking either. I'd I'd give you a few points higher than Tom. Oh. Michael. We're family. <laughs> not in your back in your prime though. You were That's a, right. Mm. I'm getting a little older now. <laughs> And everybody in the studio is peeing in their pants, laughing. <laughs> is it weird? I don't think it's weird. You know, we're going to have to change the format. I don't know if I'm comfortable being the target of I all like this humor. I like how he goes, Michael, we're family. <laughs> like that gets you bonus points or something. Yeah. Well, three good-looking guys having a conversation. Not, nothing, Tom? You still got, got it. Come on now. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll muster up some wit here as we go. You know... Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ship it right over to you. Yeah, this is a PG-13. What have we got here? This is the uh, Party Doss, the King Ranch design that we oh, did. Oh, yeah. Do they ever tell you what the, the Party Doss? Like, I actually don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's probably a quick uh, Spanish to English translation yeah, on is. Google. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. That was their group name. And so the the original stuff that they had looked like they maybe picked it up at a gas station so i uh took the liberty of giving them something kind of cool so they really like this and then there was a orange hat as well that we did um and yeah just paired it together did a few cowboys samples for them and and uh yeah just had fun with it you know try to give them something that's a little more personal than just all business and transactional so you know, earlier in the show, I mentioned it's a very this. cool graphic. Well done on that. Thank you. It's earlier super in the clean. Show, I mentioned Thank that you. we're going to be seeing Dave uh, McElroy this Friday night. Well, oh, by yeah. the time you folks see this, we will have seen him. And for those of you that don't know who he is, he's got a top 20 hit right now called Trucker Hat. And uh, I think we're going to show you a little video of it. But before we show you the video, as coincidence would be, he's a good friend of Michael's. 
And he's from Minnesota, played linebacker for the Minnesota Gophers, and now he lives in Nashville. Um, and show that little clip of him modeling some of the Unreal product. It's just amazing how this is all tying together. Dude, this is what I was wearing today while I was out uh, uh, on this episode. You got your pants on, got your shirt on. My uh, guest for the show had your hoodie on. So we had you covered, bro. <laughs> David so, has uh, his own hunting show now. And that's the crossover hoodie, right? No, that was actually, no. it's called the stamina hoodie. Okay, so it didn't and look like it. Better, better known probably as the Belichick hoodie. <laughs> okay <laughs> the, the short sleeve cut off hoodie um but yeah he i think he was i think he was down in texas there for a hog hunt or something so yeah probably a little yeah. warmer weather but and again by the time the folks see this he just texted us uh pictures of a bear that he just harvested in idaho and it was a monster it was a huge color phase it looks cinnamon or brown cinnamon uh you know black bear for those of you don't know don't know come in a variety of colors obviously black but they also come in a brown cinnamon blonde and there's a rare black bear that you only find in like british columbia that's called the silver bear kind of has silver hair it's like a silver back gorilla hmm. very rare very rare but man he got a beautiful bear how did you meet him michael <laughs> well i mean you guys are having him on the show coming up here yeah he'll be he'll be in for our next episode that's that's one you guys are going to want to watch because this guy's just a ball of energy uh <laughs> it was a mutual connection of ours that introduced us a marketing guy out of minneapolis jeremy carroll um and he brings he's like hey man i'm bringing this guy by today uh quick little meeting and he needs some apparel lined up for his show um he's got a new show coming out called hang time and so this was not long ago when I first met Dave, but we kind of hit it off right away and became, became buddies. But, um, then we had all these synergies with, you know, he's telling me how his music career just kind of went from zero to a hundred overnight. And, you know, he was just this small town, Minnesota guy. And then Sony records signs him and he, he goes to a million hits on YouTube overnight. And he's got a very like uh, <laughs> hip hop kind of feel totally like, yeah. the, like the lax to me. Yeah, totally. Is that what you think? I, I think so too. Yeah. A little bro but country, a little bit of bro country, a little, it's a little, some of the stuff's a little poppy, but if you, if you it's dig more deep, edgy, I he's think. got, yeah, he's got some yeah. really, yeah, he's got some pretty good stuff. And, um, well, he's right really in here. Excited. He's right in tune with what's happening. Yeah, and he's got some stuff that's a little less poppy, a little more, you know, lyrical and country. And he's uh, he's just a raw talent. You know, he's got. Here we go. We got a video coming. It's funny. I asked him, uh, "What has it been like coming, and how did this all happen? You know, how did you become a?" a YouTube hit and uh, kind of a celebrity sensation. And he said, uh, well, they don't take too kindly to Minnesota boys when you get into Nashville, that's for sure. So I kept my mouth shut on that part. And, <laughs> and he's like, I literally zipped my lips and, and just kept working hard and, and it, it happened. And it's cool to see a guy from Minnesota. I think similar to how Jordan kind of, you know, gave me the pat on the bat back and the boost, you know, through mm -hmm. this whole thing. Um, it's cool to see guys out of, out of, you know, northern country that are are making it happen, especially in the country music scene, which is 
arguably more competitive than the brutal yeah than the apparel oh. scene you know i'm in a tough one too but the nashville to machine him, to see him do that is really cool and i just wish the best for him i think he's a he's a great guy he's a christian he's he's a hometown blue collar just you know good guy to talk to and when i said he's a ball of energy i mean he doesn't stop like, I don't know what he's on, but I want two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Michael gave me his phone number last week, and I called him. And, well, besides country music and hunting, we talked for an hour, and we just scratched the surface. He was so much fun to talk to. He had a ton of energy. He and I could have gone on and on and on about hunting, and he started telling me about his uh, up-and-coming television show. Hang time. Hang time. and uh, It's a hunting show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a hunting show where he's bringing out guests that maybe you wouldn't think are, are hunters or outdoorsmen. Um, but he's got celebrity athletes, and uh, he mentioned Maury Povich, maybe one of his guests, which would be just wild to see. Right. You know? I can't imagine Maury out in the woods. <laughs> he, was, he was joking with me, but he's like, man, I can't believe it. But apparently he's this avid outdoorsman, loves to hunt and fish, and so I'm like, dude, that would be sweet. Get him on, yeah. yeah <laughs> when you talk fun. to him, just tell him, hey, when Maury talks to you, don't you know, don't let him make you take any tests. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the father. Right, right. <laughs> no, Maury. I'm not down with that. <laughs> We're here to chase animals. <laughs> and, you know, he told me that it was his dream to play at the Wee Fest, and they would never talk to him. And I had to explain to him, I said, well, you know, if we still had the Wee Fest, you would have been up there a long time ago or right away, you know, when you started uh, – with your country music uh, program, I had to explain, you know, these people were from out east, and maybe it's better that you weren't on because now the Wee Fest is going to start skyrocketing again. And the old Wee Fest. Do our best. Bringing it back. We're introducing right. them this Friday to the new owner. He's very excited about that. And again, when you folks see this, it'll have been last Friday. But uh, I think we're going to be able to invite him on to the Wee Fest stage next year. Wow. I mean, why not? We're all, That'd be incredible. We used to love to promote Minnesota music. Right. Bands like Molly and the Haymakers. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. They were amazing. Well, and he fits the bill so well because he's not just a local guy trying right. to get there. He's already in Nashville. Yeah. He's got a deal with Sony. He's, you know, he's... He was opening for he's Blake got a Sheldon. Hit. Arguably bigger. Yeah, he's bigger everywhere else than he is in Minnesota. So Yeah, that's... he's opening for Keith Urban. Now he's opening on his own. Yeah. He's headlining his own show. So I... He's going to get a, definitely a boost from us. I got to ask you a question though. Not to you, not that I want you to throw him under your under the bus because he's your buddy. But is that a mini mullet or is it all the same length? <laughs> it doesn't look like a mini mullet in person. It's, okay. I think it's all the same. It's got to be because yeah. that was like a thing for a minute where guys would not let it go all the way. They just come down to the shoulders and then. <laughs> It's a, I think it's a like '90s football thing, actually. That's sure. probably where he adopted that one. Yeah, you can see it in that picture. <laughs> He's got a little bit of the Eric Church going on. He rocks the aviators in, in a lot of his videos. Cool. I gave him a pair. He about blew a gasket. He was so excited. <laughs> they were unreal aviators. Yeah, yeah, here they are. I wore the ones them that I'm wearing. No, you know oh, the, the aviators. aviators. These oh are yeah, the aviators. Those nice. are very cool glasses. <laughs> I want to be that cool, someday. Yeah, someday, someday, someday you'll make the big time, Danny. Tell us your story about Eric Church at the Wee Fest. I know yeah, I was just going to say, you're, you're familiar with Wee Fest. Oh, I'm such a fan. I mean, that's, that's where we met. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in like athletic clothes and probably don't fit the bill, but I feel like I've had so many intertwinings. I'm a big country music fan. My, my dad, my brother are, believe it or not, probably more redneck than Tomcat is. <laughs> and uh, so I grew up with it, but Eric Church has always been my boy. He's he's uh, 
as good as it gets, I think he's still got a lot of that old school country. He's not totally pop. Um, right. He's, but he, he kind of hits both, you know, and he's he, unique. He, he appeals to everybody. He's got the, one of the most unique voices yeah. in music. And, um, I've just been a big fan since I was, you know, early high school. And, and so, yeah, you brought me up to meet him at the We Fest, and I was probably a little. <laughs> I, little uh, I was standing on on the starstruck. No, j- no. hammered. Oh, <laughs> Shane, I was standing on the stage, and I usually I stand stand on stage left, and I was over on the other side uh, for some reason. We seat a few people. That's over where there. the monitor board is, right? No, the monitor board was on my side. Yeah, my domain, but I was on the opposite side. Okay. So I guess when you're looking at the stage, it's stage left. Anyway, I was over there, and I'm just looking at the crowd, enjoying the music, and I looked down, and I said, look at that skinny little guy. <laughs> and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, that's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just standing down there staring up at Eric Church, and I knew he was a big fan. Yeah. And I said, hey, Michael, and I had to kind of holler. And he looked at me, and I don't know if he recognized me at first because his <laughs> – I was drunk. He was drunk. Had your whiskey glasses on? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he had been partying. He was the right age. I mean, it's way fast. I was probably 18 or 17 maybe at the time. Well, no. I mean, I was 24, <laughs> yeah, 24. at the time at least. Well, I think you were of age, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ish. And so I had the security guy go down there and bring him on up. And so he got to watch Eric Church uh, right on the stage there. And Well, you brought me back to his, his trailer, and, and I got to meet him and his yep. wife after. And... What a cool, like, down-to-earth, genuine Just, guy. Wait, you didn't barf on him, right? I walk up to him, and <laughs> no, almost, but I, I walk up to him, and I'm, uh, yeah, right. my name's Michael. Hey, man, my name's Eric. And <laughs> you're like, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that you, you had a first name. I thought it was just Eric Church. You yeah, know? Yeah, I right. just look at the celebrity. <laughs> but he was so cool, and his wife was there. I think she was nursing her, their newborn baby at the time. And um, just genuine. You can tell they're just down-to-earth, genuine people, and that's that just made me such an even bigger fan. Yeah. And then I had met – well, I, no, that was the, the first time and and – first of two times that I had met him, but then my good friend Evans, uh, Evans right. Billy, through through high school, elementary school, actually, we go way back. Um, guy was just a super athlete, um, always in the gym, always, you know, he ran track and um, played lacrosse and was literally in the gym every single day. Had a tragic accident happen where a deck railing fell out on him and he ended up falling back 25 feet to, a, to the ground and um, ended up paralyzed and from about the chest down. And so it was one of the biggest, you know, tragedies that I had, I've experienced. And, and so Tom and Lynn, you guys were there, but we did a little benefit for Evans and, and tried to raise some funds because, you know, coming from just, you know, small town, White Bear Lake, we, right, we didn't right. have the funds to, you know, he didn't have the funds to really support the, all the medical costs that go into the, you know, what he had coming. And, um, so we were doing everything we we could to just try to you know help him in any way, and then um, Eric was coming to town for a show <laughs> at the Target Center, and we uh, we were fortunate enough to get some tickets for that show, and we took Evans down. Um, I think it was Steve Kosick with Priority Courier that donated uh, tickets to the show and a limo actually for us to take to the show and just make Evans feel 
you know, some type of just relief, you know, uh, right. after such a tragic a thing. distraction, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got surprised at the at will call with with uh, meet and greet tickets, and so we went down there, Evans and I, and went into the it was like the locker room of the state or the target center mm-hmm. and um the well i'm not even gonna tell the elevator story but one of the other singers what ex-girlfriends or something was in there with us and that was just wild her like on the verge of well she was crying but <laughs> anyways um we get into the locker room and, and eric made a call that uh evans would come to the front of the line there was a quite a long you know it wasn't like that private experience at we fest there was a huge long line of people right, waiting for this everybody yeah, that everybody on the radio that won and everything else oh, yeah. so eric calls us up to the front because he saw evans and we go into his into his dressing room and he does the same thing hey man i'm eric and i couldn't i'm like yeah i know man thank you so much for having us back here and so he's talking to us like just human beings, not, not, you know, like a celebrity, but just how are you guys? What's new? And so we got to visit with him for maybe 10 minutes. And is there anything I can do for you is what he said. And I looked at Evans and Evans was kind of, no, no, I don't think so. And I said, I got something. I want to hear that song Carolina. Cause that <laughs> song is my absolute jam. And I told, well, I, I, uh, I talked to a couple of buddies. Maybe I goofed up the story. Maybe we, I knew we were going down to meet and greet, but Evans didn't. So okay. we surprised Evans at will, will call. But sure. I told a couple of friends prior to going in there that I was going to ask Eric to play Carolina at this, this set. And there, everybody said, good luck. Like there's absolutely no way he plays that song. He never does that in concert. It's a tough song to sing. You know, it's a really difficult song. Um, and then sure enough, like three quarters of the way through his set, like all the lights go down and that song comes on and it was like one of the most magical. He moments. just ad libbed it in there. He did. He That's changed amazing. His set and threw that song in there because we went and asked him to do it. And did he say something about Evan before he, he sang the song? He, I, he, not unless we missed it, but um, we knew exactly what it was for. I mean, I've been to seven or eight Eric's Eric sure. of his shows and I've never heard him sing that song. Um, so I that was pretty either. special. That was yeah. really, really cool that he would do that for somebody. And, you know, he's just a he's, – he's a guy. Can you guy. find he's that on YouTube, Danny, on that Carolina? I've got it rolling around in my head a little bit, but if you can just play a little sample. You know, we have audience. a mutual friend, our pastor at our church, our former pastor. He was a big Eric Church fan too. <laughs> and uh, Bob Merritt. Bob Merritt. And I told Bob, I said, well, why don't you come on up? I'll introduce you to him. And he brought his son and his son's fiance at the time and they came up and I won't make a, a big Introduce story them to Eric, it. you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, I sat Bob and his family right on the stage so they'd have like a front row seat to watch him because he would talk about him in his, uh, his messages at church and everyone knew he was a big fan. So we brought him up to the Wee Fest, brought him backstage, got him on stage and I'm standing on the, my side of the stage and his wife is there and we're small talking and she's a wonderful lady. And I told her a story. I said, you know, my pastor, he's got the sixth largest church in America. I said, it's called Eagle Brook. And he's a huge Eric Church fan. And he just drove five and a half hours to get here to watch Eric Church. And then he's going to turn around and drive five and a half hours back home. And she goes, you're kidding me. And she says, well, why don't we bring him on the bus later on and we'll introduce him. And I said, oh, he would love that. And so show's over with i'm looking over i'm sending actually sending lynn over there 
grab Bob. She's going to go. He's going to go and meet Eric Church. Well, he wanted to beat the traffic, so he had already left. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So he actually told that whole story in one of his messages. Yeah. And I, I was with you at church that day. I and I didn't have my phone on me to call him and say, whoa, do you want to go on the bus and meet Eric? So, I mean, it's a huge regret for him, but it is what it is. He did a whole lesson on patience yeah, and <laughs> talking to the man and everything like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, here's that. Here's that song. There it is. Yeah, what a great song. I can and imagine the production too. Just like that in concert. I mean, his voice just, just nailed echoed. it. Yeah, he nailed it. It was so cool. Can I tell you an Eric Church story quick? Yeah, absolutely. I've told this, I think, on this podcast before, Tom, and I think you're aware of it. But when Eric was like nobody and he came through town, I think one of it might have been his first show in the state of Minnesota or one of his first shows, and he played the caboose. Okay. And this is like, I mean, at least a dozen years ago. So, sure. so he's like unknown. He's got a couple of songs that are getting a little bit of radio play locally, but he's not a hit. He's not headlining. He's not. He's nothing, right? Sure. So he plays the caboose, and and um, you know, I was uh, doing a lot of the local tour, doing some stuff with local radio, that kind of thing at that time. This is pre Rowdy Cowboy show, and uh, so anyway, so we stayed after the concert because we knew. That it, like venues like the Caboose, where anyone that's anyone that wants to get discovered plays the Caboose. Yep. So like we're gonna stick around after because everybody takes off, and artists always hang around, have drinks and stuff like that. So we actually stuck around, and Eric didn't like run off to his bus afterwards. So I went over to like his apparel booth or or whatever, and I brought Jack Daniels with me because I know he's a big Jack Daniels fan, and so yeah. uh, and I am too, obviously. Clearly, we're all drinking Jack Daniels. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Cheers to you, sir. <laughs> we forgot that. We usually start the show off with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He finished um, signing autographs and, you know, saying hi to people or whatever, and everybody kind of started taking off, and his up here people were packing stuff up. And I walked over with some shots of Jack, and, and I was like, hey, you want to do a couple shots? And he was like, heck, yeah, buddy. And then we just stood there, and we talked for probably 45 minutes, oh just just drinking Jack Daniels and talking about whatever. And, like you said, he's just this on the level, very down to earth. Doesn't he doesn't think of him? You can tell genuinely he does not think of himself as higher than any of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I got to tell so you, cool. a lot of the country acts are like. He just that. saw the whiskey and was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." <laughs> a lot of hockey players are like that too, yeah, which I really absolutely. appreciate. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's surprising, you know, what the media will do. Right. You know, blow Shane, what up. year do you think? Like, would that be like oh eight ish, like N- that old? I think maybe, maybe even older than that, yeah. like 07. Well, I got no eight at the caboose. Ooh. Yeah, this might have been the show, actually. I, mean, I, I don't know. That might have been the show. The long, shaggy hair. That was So his first like big breakout wait, wait. album, he had that hair. Can you zoom on that T-shirt? Can you zoom on it? Is that possible? I think that's as zoom as I can. Is that a Sting T-shirt? I think, I think this was the <laughs> show, actually. You know what's cool is he's he's inspired by rock and roll and you can just hear it in his yeah in his, all of his stuff you know it's super cool I think he's kind of old school rock and roll meets country. So one thing about yeah because this is right after um, how about you came out 
Oh, yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah, because we were doing that as a cover. Um, and it was funny because when I pitched it to my band at the time, they were all like, what, really? Like, we never even heard of this. And I was like, it's going to be huge. Just <laughs> We're going to do it because it's going to be great. And everywhere we played it, people loved it because it's just it's oh, a cool. high-energy, fun dance song. Anyway, the one thing I was going to say is, like, with Eric, the thing that stood out to me right away when I – when he wasn't on stage and he's down at his little apparel thing and I'm coming over to have some drinks with him, is that dude's freakishly tall. He, Dude, he's a beast. He he's could have been tall. a wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, he's very tall. I've taken a few pictures of him and I feel like a little child standing next to him. <laughs> you said I was tall earlier. I'm like, yeah, I feel like an absolute child standing next to that guy. He And he's big. Like His shoulders are he's big. Broad. You know what was even bigger is Blake Shelton. Monster. When I was on stage with you guys, one of the Weed Fests, he walked past me and he was just in the zone, focused, and I, I didn't even say anything to him just because he looked like he was, you know, so get like just getting ready his pregame routine. Right, right. But uh, that guy is enormous, absolutely huge. You know who's bigger than that? Trace Atkins. Yeah, that's just yeah. what I was gonna say. Stand next to Trace Atkins. I stood next to Trace Atkins and. Uh, He's like public Blake transportation. Sheldon. And Blake Sheldon. <laughs> it's huge. Blake Sheldon is really tall. Yeah. yeah. Trace is tall Trace and wide. You know who's a big guy is Toby Keith. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Tell us the Toby Keith story. Let's go there. Yeah. Nice segue, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's got hands. Unless you're like, calling. You should be in the podcast. He's got business. hands like bear claws, that guy. Um, but one, one year there we were. Are. Yeah, there we are. Here's Toby with Matt Dumba. <laughs> <laughs> <Good one. laughs> oh, no, Michael, that's you. That's, yeah. that's not the most flattering picture of us. We look a little... Look at his eyes. Toby's in his natural state. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Vegas this night. This is pretty early in the Unreal expedition, and we are getting ready to, to board a flight or getting ready to head to the airport. It was probably 10 o'clock at night, and we had a red eye uh, back to Minneapolis. And that's all we could afford. You know, probably flying Spirit Airlines red eye or something. And Puke. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sitting in the, the lobby of the Wynn Hotel or out back. If you guys go to Vegas, there's this light show, uh, the, the Field of Dreams or something like that is, is what it's called. But – Every night at the wind, they do this little unbelievable light show, and people are having dinner out on the on the back. You know, I don't want to call it a porch; it's like overlooking a waterfall, essentially. But um, Lake of Dreams—that's what it is. Okay. Um, and so we're sitting out there, and all of a sudden, I, I look over my buddy's shoulder, and I'm like, "I think that's Toby Keith sitting at the table across from us." And we confirm, we're like, "Yeah, that is Toby Keith." I'm a, I'm an opportunistic type A personality, so I walk over there immediately and introduce myself say hi and you know let them know i'm a big fan <clears throat> and so and that was it you know it was a quick little interaction i go back and sit down and then i don't know 30 minutes later he comes over and we start partying a little bit and having fun and he's like well, what are you doing here man and my buddies are like kind of inching towards the escalator to get out of there and get get on our way to the airport because you know, we're probably an hour and a half you know away from our flight and he said well it's my uh, funny thing is it's, you know, my dying dream to party with you tonight. I'm actually part of the make a wish, <laughs> make a wish foundation. And uh, that's why I'm here. And I could tell he was pretty lit, you know, had a few cocktails. You're taking advantage of his yeah. state a little. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at me. He's like, wait, you're one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe you. I, I thought it, the joke was over, but it wasn't. Yeah, you're reeling them in. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. Uh, well, come on, brother. Get on the jet. We're heading back to Tennessee. We're going to be partying all night. And he, like, points over. That's my wife. She's pregnant, like, standing at the escalator waiting to leave. You can tell, just, like, fed up with them. That's my dad. She's on one side. Your buddies are on the my other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all of our people are over there, and we're in the middle, like, ready to go line up 15 shots of Jack. And, and he's like, get on the jet, brother. We're going to head back to Tennessee. It's going to be a heck of a night. And, I'm, I'm, like, my buddies were in range to hear that, so I look over at them, and they're all like, go yeah. go go right and right. it the whole thing the whole progression went through my head in about you know half a second and then i thought about those bear claws beating the living hell out of me <laughs> when he finds out that i'm not and we're thirty thousand feet in the air and so i said man i'm i'm kidding with you you know i'm this is a joke i'm not part of the make-a-wish foundation and he's like you were kidding with me. And I, I, then I was pretty scared. Like I yeah. thought for sure he's he might kill me. kill me. Yeah. And he immediately flips the script, goes, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Picks me up like the donkey from Shrek and starts spinning me around laughing. And he's, he thought it was the funniest thing he's ever heard. So we had a good little moment with Toby Keith, but that was kind of the extent of it. I don't, yeah, we're not in touch anymore, but it was quite that nice. It was hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. Just one more time. <laughs> there we are. Here they are together. Oh, I, look, I look way better than Sorry, you Sorry, my bad. Here we go. <laughs> Excuse me. But maybe it is. I, I, I don't know. It's like it's like twins, right? This is literally the joke that'll never die. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like the same person, right? <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, I, I got a text from Michael. I don't know. With that picture. Just been partying with Toby Keith the whole night. <laughs> That's my boy. Which one? This one or that one? I just want to know. Uh, that one. That one, okay. <laughs> well, isn't it the, fun how this conversation with Michael started out no relation to country music or hunting, but here we are talking about country music artists and country music shows. And before we uh, end the show tonight, we do have to talk about a little bit of hunting uh, the reason I know Michael is his father, and I hunted pheasants for many, Scott. many years. Yeah, Scott Jordan. Scott and, can have a shout-out. That's okay. Yeah. And Scott and I hunted for many, many years, uh, probably 25 years together, pheasant hunting. Speaking of huge human beings, your dad's a big boy, too. He's a scary one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of those situations. You know, usually guys can, like, beat up their old man when they're 20 and their dad's 50 or 40. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's going to be like 95, maybe, <laughs> by the time I can take my old man. Real quick, uh, jump in the middle of your story here. The first time I met your dad was DJing your brother Andrew's wedding, okay, yep. Andrew and Megan's wedding. Yep. And your dad came over and, and introduced himself, and I you know, extended my hand to shake his hand, look him right in the eye like you're supposed to do. You know, we're both from small towns, all that whole thing. Yep. And his hand wrapped completely around <laughs> mine. I think he touched his fingers together on the other side of my hand. Well, you just feel like a baby you I was know, like, they, yeah, they yeah. like pinch your hand in half like he could just squish me <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a he's an intimidating one for sure <laughs> oh throughout yeah. we had the because they had uh, you guys have at least at that point had neighbors that were very sensitive to how loud the music was oh yep so throughout the night scott kept coming over like okay we got to dial it back again we got to dial it back and he'd come over and he'd have that look on his face because he he was thinking the music was too loud or whatever yeah. and it was such a battle because your brother asshole 
kept coming over like, you got to turn it up, man. We're partying. We're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And then Scott's like, you got to turn it down. (laughs) I'm like, ah. (laughs) Well, it was nice. My brother and I both had our our weddings comped or our venues comped because he's got that Delwood Barn weddings and they do kind of the country music themed wedding barn. What a beautiful venue. Yeah. Old historic. And Michael told me, don't, whatever you do, don't wear blue jeans and a, and uh, cowboy boots. It's going to be kind of a dressy wedding. And the, his bride's father shows up in <laughs> cowboy boots, torn up blue jeans, and a beautiful vest and jacket. And cool guy, Jim Boo. Yeah, who's, he, who's going to tell him he can't? So my yeah. father-in-law is oh. an old North Stars enforcer, Jim Boo. He was what a, a beautiful dress. Look at your wife. Isn't she gorgeous? Yeah. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. You'll get to meet her Friday night. Yeah, Thank I'm looking you. forward to it. Spending some time with the four couples. All right, let me go back. Yeah, uh, sorry. Scott and I uh, pheasant hunted for 25 years. I watched the kids grow up. Scott and I obviously hunted together. And Caledonia? Caledonia. Well, no, Cresco, Iowa, and uh, North and South Dakota. Okay. Pheasants. Um, Cresco, Iowa is more for turkey, and that's where I took this young man. Back when there was Andrew turkeys. Andrew and I then. hunted a lot together. Well, but Michael there never was really hunted. pickings that day, too, or that weekend. What's that? He said back when there were turkeys there, I said, well, it was slim pickings yeah. that weekend, too. We were getting skunked the entire yeah, weekend. Yeah, we were not getting right into them. We could hear them, and uh, as turkey hunting goes, it can be hit and miss. So we have pictures. So Michael and I wound up in a blind in a field. Before you show the pictures, let's get to the – Yeah, let's go all the way show through the this. pictures. Yeah. Way off on the horizon, I see a tail feather. Hold on. Let me back you up even. So we were three days you into the hunt. Us. How long is the hunt? Well, it, it was supposed to be three, but dark in the morning. But we could, you know, we were calling, we were hearing, you know, we were hearing responses. We knew we had hens. We were on to something. Yeah. Oh, we well, there's jakes. hens. There's, there's got to be toms. Yeah. yeah. And so the fourth day, we woke up early, like five or something, and, and said, let's just give it, give it a go until maybe noon, then we'll hit the road or 10 in the morning. I think we set was the limit. Yeah. And, 9:20 rolls around or 8:20 or something like that. We were getting close, and we were uh, kind of getting tired and just frustrated that we hadn't really seen anything. We were, you know, hunting on the move, setting up blinds all over the place, and finally, uh, you had spotted a couple, a couple of toms, way off, 500 yards, 500 away. yards, Whoa. easy, 500 yards probably from the blind, and. Hand me the binoculars. Take a look at this. You know, there's probably three hens and, and there was two, two hens toms. and two gobblers. Okay, and they were five, and they spotted our decoy, and it took them 45 minutes at least. It was way longer the, than that. Maybe an hour to just, you know, and they zigzag come. across. I said, the field. Michael, they're coming across the field. They're coming. And I said to you, how cool would it be, Tomcat? We get a little two for one, yeah, and we shoot them at the same time. And you chuckled and said. That doesn't that rarely happen. happens. You said it doesn't happen. And yeah. like in all my years of hunting, it's never happened where you get two toms to just, you know, line up for you. And, and did the, did you pull the hands down too, or just the toms? Both of them. Yeah. All four of them. All four. Came right really? to the decoy. And so we're in a blind and Michael's on my left. And I said, we're going to count to three. You take the one on the left. Well, I'll take the one on the right. You said, Oh, this is actually going to happen. Get ready. Yeah. Count to three. And we were game planning it quick because they were zigzagging like this, yeah, yeah. the two toms. And whichever bird's on the left, you get it. Whichever bird's on the right, they were both huge. Yeah, yeah. They were both huge. So one, 
two. But they were like, how far out? <laughs> how far out still? Oh, 25 yards. They were further than normal. I remember you saying yeah. this is a lot farther than you this know, is, range. Uh, they might have been 30 yards, but that was, uh, we, we ne I never, because I shoot two and three quarter inch shells. I never shoot anything farther than 30 yards. But we both had full chokes. You know, I he had my gun. I had my godfather's browning that he left me and I first animal I both on the 12 gauge yeah so anyway one two three bang and I <laughs> two loud you, puffs of smoke wow well, what was, it was loud that's for sure oh my god <laughs> that old tent went up in weeks. the air Shane if you were standing outside the blind I'm quite sure the blind went <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Shot. Oh, yeah. and our ears and so i felt like i was in the saving private ryan movie or something my ears were ringing i could barely see <laughs> when i stood up yeah he's so crawling across the ground so they're both out there flopping around he's grabbing no his bird. no mine went down and mine my... went down quick <laughs> whatever <laughs> that's uh, why you were doing the old <laughs> um anyway we finally got him and I looked at his bird, and I'm like, oh, mine was really a beautiful, full, mature three-year-old. Is his... it in here? Do you have it mounted in here? No, his is not. Mine? Yours, yeah. No, no. I stopped mounting turkeys many, many years ago. I'm up to uh, somewhere between 80 and 90, and where do you put them all? I've got a freezer full of fans. Kids that we mentor, I teach them how to fan, and I give them the turkey fans. It's Lynn's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway... Michael's bird was, it's its a stretch to say a turkey's five years old, but it, his was definitely four years old. And that when they get that, their, their spurs start hooking, and you can hang them on a branch, and they're called a limb hanger. And it was a, your bird was like 25, 26 pounds, and that's, 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 that's really big. That's big, yeah. So we have some shots of that. And this is his first hunting trip. Of anything, there it is, hanging on the limb. Nice yep. long beard. I'm sure that was a 12 inch beard. Um, maybe not the best. There you go. You can kind of zoom in and out on it. <laughs> you can see how long the beard is. It, it's it's show, hard to see the beard with the tree. Show bark. the one of us fanning him out. Yeah. Then there's there's about big. a half a dozen pictures there, and uh, she'll get them on. And uh, we have we're standing next to each other. That's yeah. a. Jeez. That's a cattle corral. Surprisingly, See, look at how big his bird is. Michael, that Michael's thing on the left. is a tank. It was big. It was it was definitely the alpha, and we were oh we were gosh. going because that's why we said you sh whichever bird it is on the left, you shoot it. Whichever yeah, you really right. couldn't tell unless you really zoomed in on him which one was bigger. But my bird was a really big bird, but that thing was a beast. Mine Tom, was all... yours look like it got shot twice, <laughs> maybe four <laughs> no. or five times actually. <laughs> Tom shoots the thing, it, it drops, pops back up, he shoots it again, <laughs> jumps out of the tent, and Did I? you had three shots in it, and then you go, give me your gun. I threw you my gun. Yeah, he, he was on a downhill grade, and yeah. if you've ever shot a flopping, if you ever shot a turkey before, and they're flopping around, they go downhill really fast. Yeah. I said, give me that gun, I'm out of bullets. <laughs> I gotta put this thing down. So I wound up run, running down the hill, because he's still flopping like crazy. I finally corralled him. It was kind of a an, uh, an adrenaline sprint there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> there we are. Michael's in uh, 
the only camel he's ever had on, and that was that was like <laughs> ten I, sizes too big. I feel for like him. it Looks doesn't like it. fit. Yeah. But when you're turkey hunting, <laughs> it's only matter. Unreal made uh, camo, right? No. I got to tell you, Michael, that outfit looks like something out of the Broadway play Newsies. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I was gonna say the Crumps, but you know whatever. <laughs> it's it, it it's works. clearly about eight sizes too big. Well, I think we had four or five layers on. It was pretty chilly, I think, yeah. that day too. Yeah. Yeah. There's Tom with your classic camel right there. Yeah. There's the uh, the Marine Corps pants and the Predator shirt. Uh, those Marine Corps pants have served me well. Yeah. That was yeah, a, fun, a fun, fun trip. We were in Caledonia. We dined at the Good Times Bar and Restaurant, which is one of the best establishments on the planet. Did you ride the Ferris wheel? We went into town and rode the Ferris wheel that night. Good for you, sir. And uh, stayed at Dave's... Uh, my buddy Dave's Ten Point Lodge. That is cool. cool you got to have cool. Dave on the show at some point, huh? Yeah, we are going to have Dave on the show. You bet. Well, there you go. We got country music in. We've got turkey hunting in and talked about uh, Dave McElroy's show. And so uh, I had fun. This is really fun to be with you, Michael. This is a blast. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, yeah it's been great. Do you have any other, before we let you get out of here, Yeah. do you have any other festival stories you want to share? Because I know you are a connoisseur of country music. I and I uh, just want to make sure that if you've got any other fun <laughs> festival stories that you can get those out. I can think of This one. is where you can throw the dirt around. This is where we like dirt being thrown around. Oh, I don't know if you noticed, but throw on, dirt at me. in our uh, promotion in this last episode when we had Steve, we had to put a lot of... Uh, warnings out about Disclaimer. the language. Disclaimer. Disclaimers. Disclaimer. And then we one. had to edit some stuff out. So for those of you we that did. watched Big we Steve, uh, for any of you that thought we were professional at what we were doing or try to achieve some professionalism, if you watched last week's show, you find that we blew it. <laughs> yeah, out the window. <laughs> yeah, it was out the window. You'd have yeah, thought we were hammered good. drunk and we weren't even a little. <laughs> He thought Steve might have been. Just having that much fun with it. <laughs> he wasn't even drinking. I know. He doesn't drink. Well, I remember I've, I'd seen you at WeFest a few you know, a few different times. Um, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you kicked my ass at, uh, but it wasn't like bucket pong. Is that what they call it? Beer pong, yeah. With the, or, uh, yeah, with beer the, pong. With beer the, pong. Ba- the paint, pa- paint pails, tennis balls. Yeah, it was like life-size beer pong. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. yeah, that was fun. It was fun. He kicked my ass, though. <laughs> I have a more fun story. He was backstage at the Wee Fest. He had to use the uh, the porta potty. Oh he my went gosh. into the porta potty. He's in there for just a couple. This seconds. is my first time at Wee Fest. First I time at Wee Fest. Just gotten on, on He's the ground. backstage, and Cowboy Pat ran in there right after him. Right so, and I don't know who Cowboy him. Pat is. My brother gave him the green light to come in behind me. And I'm, I'm, yeah, using a porta potty, and some grown man with a cowboy hat comes in behind me and wraps his arms around me, and dang near grabs my junk. And I look over my shoulder, just like bug eyed and not know. I'm like, thought my brother was outside. What's going on? You know, and he came flying out of the room. Hey, sweet cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I met Cowboy Pat. Cowboy Pat comes out. (laughs) <laughs> anyone that knows pat will not be surprised by the story oh at all gosh, that was too he good he was here with us last week in the audience was he? and while heckling. we're talking he's heckling and talking as though the crowd the audience can hear him i finally had to say pat they can't hear you 
<laughs> they could probably hear like some murmuring or something in the background because the mics are pretty sensitive. But... That guy is a riot, though. That's he so is funny. funny. Oh, All right, the last closing story of festival festivities. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> my buddies and I, we all went down or went up to WeFest. Um, it was a bunch of hockey guys and, and just rowdy party guys. And we got into one at one point one night, and we ended up finding the security team must have set down their walkie-talkies and vests at some point. Probably shouldn't be telling one of the administrators of WeFest about this, but here we go. Uh, They set down their their security vests and their walkie-talkies, so my buddy and I took took the liberty of, uh, you know, taking the stand while they were, you know, taking five, and we went around and and started security policing, really, the the venue, and we were running through Hilltop, I think is the campsite, Hilltop and Eagle and all those campsites, and we were um, pretending we were police officers and we were like well, arresting people, but also making them surrender their coolers. And, you know, hey, guys, this uh, you guys are underage here. We've, we've gotten a lot of complaints. We're going to need to take this with us. We would just <laughs> and people would, believe it or not, stand like they were drunk, too. So they would just think, oh, no, it's the cops. And they would get up <laughs> and let us just wheel out of their coolers. <laughs> and, and, and any we other preferred. Uh, paraphernalia that they had yeah and, and so we're just taking taking their you know one seven fives of whatever and walking around with it and then i would go knock we would find the funniest situations there was one guy sleeping in the passenger seat of his truck and i went with a flashlight we got all kinds of utility tools it's i don't know people kept giving us stuff but i'm flashing the flashlight in the window and it's two in the morning so he's you know out out yeah and i'm knocking on the window and finally he, he wakes up he's all flustered and unlocks it and i open the door i sir you're under arrest for operating a motorized vehicle under the influence <laughs> pull him out and i'm 21 years old you know or whatever and young at the time and pull this guy out and sir you're under arrest i need you to put your arms behind your back and he's complying with everything i'm saying and remember my buddy my other buddy who's a hockey player comes running in out of nowhere and just tackles the guy and <laughs> no way <laughs> it was just out of, and just, i remember as soon as that happened then the real cops showed up and the squad lights are flashing and so my friend and i are just sprinting through the campsites getting clotheslined by tent you know ropes lines, and, yeah. yeah tent lines and trying to dodge these cops and we got away, but it was, it was quite the, quite the journey. <laughs> what did you do with their vests and their walkie talkies? We dropped them and kept wow. running. Yeah. As we were shedding the police, hopefully somebody <laughs> else picked them up and took up right where you left off. <laughs> yeah. like, impersonating a police in. officer. I think that's a real crime. <laughs> we should I probably get out is. of here. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I tell you what, what a fun episode we've had tonight, guys. It's one of the best. Yeah. Michael, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's Absolutely. been a real treat, not only to see you, but to to hear your incredible story about Unreal and, and the experience that you've had knowing this guy for as long as you have. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure just to sit down and chat with you guys and try to shed some uh, shed some good stories on, on the, the world that you live in and, <laughs> and try to fit in a little bit. Um, I've had a blast, so thank you. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have him back. I think that's oh, a, gosh, yeah. a no We're have a few repeat guests, and you're going to be one of them. <laughs> All right. You yeah. have to get your beautiful new bride. Unfortunately, she's not here with us, but ladies and gentlemen, Michael just got married to the most wonderful girl in the world, and it's a storybook story. I was there when they got engaged. Saw the video. And saw, yeah, we showed a video of it, and uh, 
What a sweet, I just get goosebumps thinking about it. And I don't typically get that way. But uh, one quick story before we go. I remember she broke up when she was like 12 years old, 13 with her boy. And her girlfriend said, are you okay? She says, yeah, I'm fine. She says, I'm going to marry Michael anyway. When they were little kids, she knew that she was going to marry him. That's and incredible. as the circumstances evolved, all of a sudden Michael was single and she was single at the same time. They grew up skating together. She was a hockey player. Dad was a hockey player. And they met and just magic happened. <laughs> hockey player. See? Hockey player. She was only a hockey player for a short time. We met when we were seven years old yeah. at the hockey rink and I think Jim Boo, her dad, you know, wanted her to, to give it a shot back in the day. Um Tell us why he booted you out of the house once. Uh oh. So Jim came downstairs and caught us under the blankets at uh age fourteen or something. <laughs> and uh that was the end of that night. Um <laughs> You survived. You're here right now to tell you the know, story. I thought Barely. you were just down there necking with her. I didn't realize you were under the blankets. No, we weren't even. We'd never even kissed until we were 28 years old. Oh, yeah. Or, so yeah, you're just playing house. Just last week at your we wedding, were just hanging out, kissed for the first time. <laughs> Pretty close. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were seven years old and, or sorry, 14 at that time. Um, but very innocent, just yeah, know, being kids and. Good for Jim, Jim. Jim came down and put the kibosh on that. I walked home, you know, <laughs> ten mile walk at age fourteen or whatever, and that kind of huh? yeah, that that canceled our little fling for quite a while. <laughs> um, and then kind of touched base here and there throughout college, and and knew we always really liked each other, but timing was never right. We each were in relationships at different times, um, and then came together at twenty. 27 years old and um just knew instantly that she was the one and you know we kind of always knew so it was a short engagement short dating period short engagement and um couldn't be happier i remember when you uh first started dating her we had you over to the house for dinner you and her yep and i'll never forget took me aside said tomcat i think i'm gonna marry her yeah i'm like well you certainly got my blessing she's a beautiful <laughs> outstanding young lady she is oh that's so cool too good for me i'm so that's what your brothers keep saying (laughs) (laughs) well yeah she's a little more country than me too she likes to roll around in the dirt that was his his best man speech she likes to roll around in the dirt and ride horses and she's not a fashion designer (laughs) oh wow (laughs) andrew did say that i said she's just perfect for michael and andrew says she might be a little too good for him. <laughs> that might have burned a little in the... No, that's true, 100%. I'll wear it. <laughs> well, same with me, pal. Same with you. We all punted yeah. our coverage. We certainly yes. did. Well, all Michael, right. uh, give the audience, uh, listening or, or viewing audience for that matter, the tip on where they can find you, where are your social media links and your web link and things sure. like that. Yeah, if you want to follow our company, it's at UNRL Co on pretty much every social channel. Um, Otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn, Michael E. Jordan. Try to distinct myself a little bit from the taller, darker, better-looking version (laughs) Uh, that's good at basketball. Um, Wealthier for now. Wealthier, yeah. For now. (laughs) And not on your way, man. Um, But, yeah, find me on LinkedIn or uh, follow our company. And if you want to try out some gear, use MJ25 at checkout and save 25% off. And um, let me know how you like it. Yeah, what an awesome 
deal that is for our listeners, TK. Because I can tell you, as a guy that does a fair amount of shopping, and my wife who has like a borderline eating therapeutic Amazon addiction, that 25% is a monster discount. Like you just do not get that. <laughs> so thank you for, for that. friends and family, but we'll let it ride. Thank you, sir. It's the only one I could riddle off off the top of my head. I kept it simple at four digits. <laughs> yes, that's it's a slip up we like around here. <laughs> So a special shout out to uh, some of our folks that helped out tonight, of course, Danny Geo Productions and DJ Danny G on the uh, the show producer side of what we do here. Lynn, our normally on-site, pro- on-site manager, uh, but uh, filling location in. Location manager. Location manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, filling in for Jill tonight, so thanks for your help. And, of course, Nicole, Nicole Andrews Hokinson, who's filling in as our stati- statistician, Google person. She's training in. Yeah, Danny's assistant. She could be part of it. I yes. like it. Thanks for her help tonight. Folks, don't forget to check us out on all of the social media places at Boots and Backstraps. Our email, of course, is bootsandbackstraps at gmail.com. Actually, bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail. I forgot that we switched that. Uh, make that a little bit easier. And uh, give us a like and comment and share. Uh, make sure you check us out on all the audio and video platforms. And uh, we will continue to give you great content like we did tonight. TK, let's bring this plane in for a landing, sir. You got it, folks. Whether you're belting out your favorite country song or out there pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He will teach you to shoot straight. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. Come on now. Honey's on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps.